0: I don't know what Is that the about. skateboard
1: one? I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the first one is Goofy and Max go on. Yeah, they go yeah, on a Polly fishing Shore trip. Shore is the friend. Yeah, but they just go on the fishing trip. Okay, wait, how do we get wait, on this on. topic?
1: The extremely goofy movie. That's he's the he's listening to That's me. The
0: also hilarious that he was watching the sequel to a goofy no no movie.
1: no no no! he was watching a goofy movie it just made oh, me okay. you t- doing those voices makes me think of extremely goofy movie especially like the cheese like the cheese pizza and shit i don't know that's the scene i always think of <laughs> when i think it's of that the... guy i don't know why
0: all right so jury duty and goof goofy movie on the list <laughs> But we, I think we could get back because, I mean, that's, that's been a good way to start. If we could but have that in, like, one the of the greatest season
1: because it's movies like movies
0: of all time we're starting with talking about watching Jury Duty with starring the wonderful Pauly Shore. Oh, now that's a way. I was trying to figure out a way to remake this. Like, who would be in it? Pauly Shore, juror number eight.
1: Would, uh, would I he, think he could to he listen could be. to the facts but... <laughs> my god
0: hello i'm kevin and i'm rachel and this is volume three of shelf life or the first episode of volume three of shelf life a podcast hosted by a brother and sister team that always presume innocence until found guilty and today we are beginning our third volume so we are we're just we're cruising along here rachel That's right. have, this is the 18th subject that we have covered here today at shelf life and this is a big one this is an important one this is a classic one this is one that separates the men from the boys or whatever rachel <laughs> what is up for contention to the shelf today
1: Today, we are going to be entering the jury room with 12 Angry Men.
0: Mm-hmm. 1957's 12 Angry Men, directed by Sidney Lumet. A who's who of character actors from the classic Hollywood 1950s, 60s, 70s era, considered to be one of the greats of all time. But that's not the question that we pose here at Shelf Life. The question is, does it have shelf life? Is it worth having on your shelf to rewatch over and over again time after time for posterity to share it across your friends and family hand it down we're going to find out today because i don't think that anybody really questions whether or not it's considered something that is important it's in the national archive or national archives it's in the national <laughs> hey, library of congress <laughs> it's cons- it's i think it's ranked like 5th or 6th on imdb as like the it's really top high movies. It's on AFI's top list. So we're going hot and heavy here with the first subject here at Shelf Life Volume 3. Rachel, I always pose this to you. Yes, yes. So yes. the two questions that I will have to pose here. One, what is 12 Angry Men about? Because, folks at home, this is from 1957. I understand that there's probably a lot of people that don't go that far back when doing their movie selections of what they want to watch and what they want what they want to see. So there's probably a lot of people that don't know this movie. And th- then there's all, and it's black and white and all of that kind of stuff.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: There's also probably a, a collection of people that, you know, hear it and kind of think it's like, you know, one thing versus what it, what it ends up being or, or something like that. So Rachel, your history with 12 Angry Men, which is shared, we'll, we'll get into our shared history of this. <laughs> but what would you say 12 Angry Men is about?
1: to summarize 12 angry men well it's it's literally 12 men in a room because there's 12 jurors during a oh, yeah, court do we, case you have to
0: explain like american
1: yeah <laughs> this is an <laughs> okay. american court case in new york in 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 a court you have 12 jurors these jurors have to go to the back and they deliberate with each other to Find out whether or not the person that's in trial is found guilty or not guilty. And the movie goes about the deliberation of of the jurors and and actually kind of figuring out whether this person
0: is actually guilty or not. Almost in real time. Yes. It's almost in like the movie's an hour and a half long and i think they're i think they, kind they of,
1: are in the room longer i think oh, they're like two showing hours or that something. it's like them yeah. in the room longer but yeah it almost yeah. feels real time
0: yeah actually that's true i think i've heard contention that it's like i think it's it starts like three at, hours i think they're in yeah. there for
1: like hours well i've
0: even heard like yeah it starts at noon and it goes till like, like the seven o'clock time and then and then sometimes ta- some points i think like it was there's like time jumps but at like, the second half is all real time or something it, like that. It,
1: the funny, weird... The weird thing is that it, it does feel like it's just, like, one long scene. The entire movie. It is one
0: long scene, really. Well, yes, really. but...
1: <laughs> that's why it's kind of hard to tell that it does move along but like the way that right. the actors act and like how they're displaying emotions and stuff you can tell that they've been in there for a while their, their stress yes. levels getting a little higher <laughs> thus yes, the angry they're... part
0: everyone in this movie is incredibly angry it's fantastic in different, <laughs> <various> different ways <laughs> so yeah i mean i i would agree that is what it's about and then the themes that come along with that the messages that come along with that it's about the American justice system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's about conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. It's about team building. Mm-hmm. It's about understanding each other. It's about prejudice. Yes, it's prejudice, about bias. bias,
1: racism. All of it, those. It 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 covers
0: the gamut.
1: It really it's, does.
0: It's a. It, it, I I I don't want to give away anything, but I I mean I've said like it's a classic. It's a classic for a reason. This screenplay and the acting is extremely 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 tight. Where if you focus on one of the 12 jurors the entire movie you get a completely different experience. It's you it's kind very of... interesting. It's kind of like
1: it's almost like you could watch I I would love to see this on stage even. Like I feel like this could be like a play. Uh, yes, I would love it, that.
0: So I, I'm glad that you said that. Um, and we we'll, <laughs> and we'll talk about our our background with it in a second, but it, this originally started it was originally written by Reginald Rose who originally made it for a television movie like a television special that was the purpose of it in the like early 50s okay and then he adapted it for a stage play okay it feels like a stage it play, does. right? like it, you could easily see this being a stage play absolutely you just need a big table and 12 actors yeah and, like the and movement
1: and the way everybody's like doing their part it just feels like it completely could be on stage
0: and then they decided we could make this into a movie and that's when Henry Fonda was asked to produce it and all of this stuff. And they get Sydney Lumet. And we'll talk about that in a second. But yes, it very much feels like it could be a play. And it's really like one long scene that just goes an hour and a half long. Rachel, what is your experience or your prior history with 12 Angry Men?
1: My history with 12 Angry Men, I find, I think is kind of interesting because it was actually you and Mom who were like oh you've never seen this and I think I think it was actually around the time that I was going to end up going to jury duty <laughs> like the, for the first time and then it, you guys were yeah saying, that might have been
0: why yeah yeah I so we remember. were like
1: talking about it and we were like oh you guys were like oh you should watch 12 angry or like it's like gonna be like 12 angry men and I was like I've never seen that and then it, it ended up being this oh we should watch it and I was like, I don't know why. Like, I don't even know what it is. Like, am I going to really enjoy that? Like, okay. Um, and we ended up watching that together. So that was the first time I've seen it.
0: I want to say that's the first time I've seen it, too. At yeah, I couldn't least remember if it was full. the first time for you. I think it was. Okay. I, I, I know I've seen the knife scene Many times before. Okay. In particular, I know I've seen it many times before because there used to be a game. Do you remember seeing it? Do you remember seeing it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, and
1: where they would show like that scene.
0: Yeah. So okay. So for those of you that are were born after the towers <laughs> fell, <laughs> there used to be this game called "Seen It." Where you would put the DVD into the DVD player mm-hmm. and you would like move around the board doing movie trivia or whatever kind of trivia. Like there was like a Seinfeld one. There was like a, I'm sure there was like Harry Potter one. I think there was a Simpsons one. Right. And then there's, yeah.
1: And then there's just the like Simpsons one. The Simpsons, movies and Simpsons TV. Any Simpsons trivia, and...
0: you and I always have a hard time getting anybody to play with us because like we, we, we know just know have a hard crap time. crap with that one. Yeah. <laughs> but this, the movie scene it, one of the scenes that they would show where they would tell you like how many times did the guy take his glasses off in this mm-hmm. or whatever it was one of those scenes was the knife scene from 12 angry men so okay. I, that was the only thing that i had seen from it i think i think that was the first time i saw it in full too and i can't remember if it was just like on a whim of like oh it's on turner Classic movies tonight or something like that or if we just found it i don't remember i don't remember
1: how we ended up like getting it to watch it but yeah we were watching it
0: yeah over a decade ago i might have been in school i can't remember but it was back in the day mm-hmm. for sure and i had not truly gone back to it like i might have caught it here or there if it was on or something until today mm-hmm. or you know whenever yeah to really today yesterday today. whenever i watched it <laughs> yeah until today
1: <laughs> we're watching it live with you
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a live run through of 12 angry men live commentary Not live. Not live. No, not not at all. (laughs) So like I said, Reginald Rose wrote the screenplay. He was trying to make this as a part of a TV thing. It became part of a stage play. Then they decided because of the television show that they did the special that they could do it as a film. So they get Sidney Lumet. Sidney Lumet, this is his first directorial film. He did TV stuff before that. You probably don't know the name, Rachel, because it, it's, you know, older movies, but he's a very accomplished director from 50s through 70s. Did some dark New York movies in the 70s, like Serpico and Dog Day Afternoon, and these things with Al Pacino, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, the Verdict. For for the first movie that he directed, I mean, it's and it's not the first thing that he directed, but still being the first movie he directed is kind of crazy to think about. But they got him to direct it, and then they were able to get Henry Fonda.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, it started with Henry Fonda, so apologies on this. Henry <laughs> Fonda wanted to do it based on the screenplay that Rose wrote. Okay. And they, the studio asked Henry Fonda if he would produce, which Henry Fonda regretted because he, I guess he just hated being a producer because I think you have to worry about the money and all that kind of shit. Of course, because it's your money. So I I don't really know why he didn't like it, but he like never produced it again because he like did not like doing it. But they they were the ones that got Sidney Lumet to do it. it. It's weird, and I was telling Rachel this offline. It's weird because there's not a ton of like these stories about it, and I don't know if that's just because it was a very straightforward. We're we're in a room. We're doing this. This is the screenplay. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Type of shoot, or if. It's because it's old or something, but there's not a lot of, like, behind-the-scenes story stuff unless you kind of find these interviews from these actors, which all of them have passed on. But if you find these interviews from them from the 80s or 90s that are on YouTube, you can kind of get some stories from them, but it just kind of was. Like, they did, they filmed it in three weeks. They had a budget that would be equivalent of $3 million today, and it bombed. Oh my <laughs> so God uh rose and fonda were only going to get paid if the movie made money at the at the box office which it didn't and then it became a rental years later and it blew up and became a hit so i think henry fonda again being like the producer was like well shit (laughs) but but he he thinks it's one of the best movies he he ever made henry fonda is kind of one of those guys that is is one of those, like, Hollywood royalty type of guys. One of those people that you think of as, you know, when they call it Tinseltown, he's one of those guys that you would think of as, like, Tinseltown, right? He starred in a lot of the stuff that made Hollywood Hollywood. Mm -hmm. This being one of them, really. Yeah. It came out to critical acclaim. It was nominated for a lot of Academy Awards, but it really didn't become, like, the huge success until it became this kind of phenomenon of, like, word of mouth, you know? Where people really needed to think about it and figure it out. But I think that it has a lot to say. It really does. Like like I, like we were saying, like, yeah, everybody absolutely. can kind of take away different things from it.
1: There's a lot it, going on for it being, like, what it is. Like, it feels like there's a lot more happening and a lot more to, like, perceive and, and like, take in.
0: Yeah. The just to give an idea the movie has a 100 percent approval rating on rotten tomatoes <laughs> that's based on 60 reviews so and i'm sure a lot of those are contemporary reviews but still it's weighted nine 9.1 out of 10 on rotten tomatoes so it's not even like a, oh yeah it's okay right it i like i said i think it's like five or six or something as of this recording on on imd which means nothing because it's a bunch of neckbeards (laughs) rotten tomatoes rotten tomatoes means nothing either but but my point of saying those things is that it it has a claim on it and it had a claim when it when it came out it actually did better internationally than it did in the US.
1: That's interesting. I wonder if it's just like a getting a
0: curiosity. Yeah, because it is like yeah. an
1: American governmental type of thing, so they're kind of like curious as to like what's going on in it. Is this what it's really like and
0: Yeah. I feel like a lot of democracies do have this type of system especially because I think it, I mean, we borrowed ours from England. Sure. So you get another one on us there for our English listeners. (laughs) And uh, so a lot of that has spread because of English colonization. So a lot of places have this jury concept now, whether or not uh, how these people are picked and, and what they're supposed to do and all of that kind of thing, I'm sure differ throughout the world, but that is what it is. But that's it. It's, it's simple. Now we get to talk about each one of the 12, Jurors, right? We get to talk about all of their personalities, all of their biases, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I think that is going to be fun to go through as well. Now- it
1: is. Now you got to keep in mind too that this is 1957, and the system has changed since 1957, and so the the <laughs> twelve men in that room
0: <laughs> are all men, for one. Yes, and they're all white. I actually think that that. <laughs> That can kind of serve a purpose, though. It kind for, of feels like particular... a scientific thing, too, because they're like, holy. <laughs> yeah, but for that's what I'm saying. For this particular, for, for part of what theme you can take away, mm-hmm. and for this particular adaptation of this story, it kind of fits. Sure. Because all 12 of them have their, they look in common, even right. though their ages are different. But they all come from different classes. They all have different right. prejudices and biases and ways of thinking.
1: Exactly. So
0: it, it, it kind of gets you past that top level of diversity. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes you go into this idea of all of this other stuff that can cause you to think and act a different way, too. Right. Right.
1: But I'm just letting them know, like, like I gotta oh, let yeah, my yeah. listeners know. It's like, hold on a second, because it's like you guys might be in a world where you're like, oh wait, no, this doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't it be a little bit more diverse? Not in this case. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there would probably be at least a woman, I would assume. I would assume. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah, so but it it is, is I just want to like it's make it's called know. Twelve
0: Angry Men, Rachel. I,
1: just, men is a very <laughs> broad term for like You know, yeah, you could just we call the it Angry
0: Men and it could be anybody. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so anyway. Yeah. I think you could.
1: I think I we think could totally you... umbrella the term and then make it Twelve Angry Men and it's just like anybody.
0: I'd be fascinated to see if this was remade, which it shouldn't be. Oh, I, it, was I, remade, no, it was remade. It was remade once, and I think it, I, and people say that that remake is not bad but i would like to see what it would be like if somebody wanted to remake this it would be interesting that could be really and who it would be right you would need to like getting the henry juror number eight henry fonda is juror number eight getting the that juror number eight character right would be really tough today
1: yeah no i agree i think it would be
0: it almost have to be chris evans playing captain america (laughs) <laughs> like it needs to be that type of yeah, guy, a
1: very uh, like a very lawful good kind of a person. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, so it,
0: it, it's it, it's there's only so many that can pull that off in that way, and mm-hmm. and still kind of come across as you know likable and uh, juror number three would be really fast it would be oh my really god! it would be
1: kind of fascinating just to see i would all i would, would want to do is have people like tell me who would each juror be in this mm-hmm. time of day i don't even yeah i don't want the folks movie at, i just want to know home. who yeah would i don't be want the, movie. the
0: juror exactly i don't want the movie i just want to know who would you cast in these roles so yes. folks at home let us know i've got i'm thinking i still think chris evans steve Carell. <laughs> could be a good one Oh, he
1: could be in there he could be in there
0: yeah we need like uh, an old
1: man i'm feeling like well like what morgan and, freeman could be interesting oh
0: morgan morgan freeman would be a good one actually yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. morgan freeman i could see den <laughs> i could see denzel washington if Ooh, you could afford him yeah would be a good one actually <laughs> honestly well, i was gonna say julia louis dreyfus actually interesting. Would be good yeah i don't know why i do she just like I'm pops just like, like, in my head <laughs> Of course, if you wanted like the A list, A list, so you get like Meryl Streep as the. Oh foreman, yeah, obviously. I think yeah. that would be good. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. But folks at home, <laughs> doesn't it?
1: It does. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that that would be what I want to know is just like who the juror would be technically, like yeah. who would who so would they like home? parallel in today's world.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good one. It's good. But that's it. That's all I've got for this one. A successful movie, black and white, classic movie, one scene. That's all it is. We'll go through all the jurors during the walkthrough. Rachel, is there anything else that you want to talk about when it comes to 12 Angry Men?
1: No, I'm ready.
0: When we come back after a word from our fake sponsor, we will walk through, as you know by now, in great minutia, into 12 Angry Men when we come back.
1: Hello, I'm Dr. Robert Atkins. My real specialty is diet and nutrition, but today I'd like to talk to you about taking some excess weight off our jury system. A defendant under our legal system is allowed to have a trial by jury whenever he requests. So the State Bar of Michigan and I hope that you will help reduce the court backlogs by serving on jury duty whenever you're called. Now, what were we talking about, boy?
0: Uh, we were talking about the time you be jury duty. Oh, yeah. The trick is to say you're prejudiced against all races. And we're back with 12 Angry Men doing the walkthrough for the 1957 Sydney Lumet film. All right, Rachel, here we go. You I'm ready excited. For this? Yeah, let's do all this. Right. So we begin the walkthrough. We start with our good friend Leo the Lion from MGM. He greets us with of his course. roars. Of course. He's Hollywood royalty, Leo. Oh,' hundred <laughs> percent. where where do, you, where do you have him ranked? Not, oh no, I'm not gonna go on this tangent. I was about to say.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are you thinking about openings and you're like, the woman with the thing and the yeah, lion? you got you got the woman Porky pig.
0: <laughs> he's the end. oh that's true he's the end sometimes bugs is at the beginning yes but yeah. you got so you got bugs you got the lady mm-hmm the paramount lady paramount lady yeah yeah and that, sometimes it's the mountain right then you got the pegasus oh the pegasus yeah yeah who you taking who you got <laughs> <laughs> I mean I just, like, the, light... the Universal globe. Yeah, that's right. That's much. right. I want that
1: spinning globe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess Tinkerbell could count for Disney. I, well, it's t- kind of Disney
1: is just the castle.
0: But Tinkerbell something. There was an up.
1: opening that Disney did do that reminded me of Game of Thrones. I don't remember if that's like their new opening or if that's like was just for something specific. But it was like building uh, the city. I had, like, and yeah, I was just like, this reminds like, me of years? Game of Thrones. Oh, their 50 year anniversary thing or something like that. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was.
0: That might have been what it was. Goofy. So Rachel's taking the Pegasus. I'll take Leo. <laughs>
1: Fine. At least I could fly.
0: You can take Leo. I don't no,
1: care. I'm flying.
0: <laughs> uh, so we get an establishing shot of the courthouse. It goes up from the street level and it just shows you how big the courthouse is. I think that's done on purpose. Showing to show dominance. Like, or, or like the importance of it. Oh yeah, sure. And then you go into the courthouse and then it, it pans from the top to the bottom which I think is also supposed to show you like how cavernous this mm-hmm. building is and how grand it is. Right. I wonder, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to mix and match and, and do some of this theming at the beginning and the middle and the end of this. I wonder if the viewpoint of the movie, when it comes to the legal process, I think it's very positive. I think it's supposed to be like, this is the ideal of how the process should work Mm -hmm. so i wonder if it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like a beauty shot of like we're going into this grand place to to have justice served and then it contrasts when we get to the jury room in a minute where it's just this little dingy room with this table and like nothing else in it if that's kind of supposed to be i'm purposeful
1: no, I, I could see that, where it's like, okay, this is, like, the big deal. This is the idea of what we want justice to be. This is, like, the whole the justice building, and, like, you come in here, and, like, everything's done the right way. And then you have, like, the little dank room that everybody gets shoved into. <laughs> where into where, where the actual area. business yes. gets done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: With because, the real uh,
1: people who are doing it. Like, actual real people, not part of the right. government.
0: The everyday people. The everyday yeah. person. It pans across to, like, this hallway... And you see, like, some different things happening that are part of the everyday with the... You know, like, a court. With the the court, yeah. There's, yeah. like, a trial that just got out very clearly. There's a bailiff asking them to be quiet. And then we go into courtroom 228, where this judge is giving the final spiel about the case. And this judge seems like he is, the, he is so disinterested. He doesn't want to be anywhere... He, but he does not want to be here at all. Yeah, and he I, seems kind of tired. This is the kind of judge that I I probably would be like, "Oh crap, I got the tired judge." Right? <laughs> I got the judge that doesn't I got the grumpy
1: one. Great.
0: Yeah. He's, oh, he's even not grumpy. as bad, He's not as bad as the, <laughs> the Okay, so we are, we're we're going to have to we're going to have to do like a, a a cinematic judges at some point cuz you got like love that. I'd rather have this guy maybe versus the judge from ghostbusters 2 yeah definitely but probably but probably the <laughs> burned at the <laughs> like this guy's not saying that he can't get he can't get enough energy out but i love the fact that he he's just sitting there like yeah you're gonna have to uh you're gonna have to figure out if he's uh guilty because uh i'm gonna have to sentence him to die Put him in the electric chair if you come back and.
1: Oh yeah, because he said if he if you guys come back with a guilty <sighs> verdict, it's it's death penalty. Like it's the really maximum, which is the maximum
0: sentence. Up. Yeah. If You come back before six, I can get out to the go out to the golf course. Oh, he's going and, to the uh... golf
1: course anyways. He doesn't care. He's waiting for them to actually tell him to call him back in. The judge doesn't have to stay.
0: No, I think he does have to stay.
1: He has to stay in the courthouse? I thought he, they could I think leave. So.
0: I think so, because if the juror, jury comes back and says we're done, he can recuse them for the night.
1: Oh, right, yeah, that's true.
0: But as long as they're there, he should be I there.
1: kept thinking that he had to leave. He could leave, and like they could just call him.
0: goes back, and the judge is telling him, like, you have a great responsibility, and you're going to have to murder this kid. It's gonna be great.
1: I hate that he's like, yeah. I mean, he's—I don't know if he's that ho hum about it, but I mean, he is kind of like—he is acting.
0: (laughs) He is acting like this job fucking sucks. He is on there going like, I don't give a flying fuck what you guys. No, I guess you're right. I mean, he does look kind of bored because he even is like. Uh, but and I get it. It's the it's 1957. It's a courtroom in New York, and it's the hottest day of the year. He is sweating his balls off under this <laughs> robe. No, he might ew. not even be wearing pants. Rose, it's I mean, he is a judge. He can wear whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Rachel. If the Simpsons has taught me anything, you can wear a judicial robe without <laughs> pants. Stay tuned for that one. Oh like ten years from now, I don't want to look like an idiot. Just give me a (laughs) moo-moo. So the judge decrees that they go back into the jury room. They all exit the jury room or or the the courtroom. The juror box, yes. The juror box. And you see the defendant. Yeah, you kind of see like a
1: side shot. It's like not, you don't get to see like the whole person right away.
0: Yeah. And it's clearly just like this young kid. Yes. And they focus on him. For a, for a while, they really make you kind of like take a take oh, yeah. it in. That's
1: when they like zoom in and they are like take them in. This is the everyone person.
0: gets a zoom in in this movie. Everybody gets a zoom everyone. in. I, I you actually... know those like Adam's
1: family, like the lights across the eyes bit. That's what always happens in this movie. Every time they zoom in, the face has to have that like dramatic lighting. It's just like
0: when you're dealing with twelve character actors that are well known. I think uh, I, I, it might have been Klugman, Jack Klugman, who said. Sidney Lumet was like, everyone's gonna get a a close-up, don't worry about it. So I think, (laughs) I I also think that was his intention. Oh yeah, I think they should,
1: because you're like, you're looking at each individual's person, and like, their thoughts, and everything.
0: As they're entering the room, you get a fade-in from the defendant Mm -hmm. into the room, which obviously is supposed to be kind of symbolic of, like, his fate is in, is in their hands.
1: In this room.
0: It goes to extremely, extremely simple opening credits. Just names of people. Oh, yeah. And very simple font. Yes, very simple. And goes through all of the credits. And then we get one of the ways that Sidney Lumet did the language of film, if you will. And I don't know anything about film. So I can't be like, oh, yes, and, oh, the wonderful techniques and how he did it and all of this stuff. But I do know that this is all one shot from them coming into the jury room mm-hmm. until the foreman calls for order. It is all one singular shot. I do love that. <laughs> it, it makes it feel like a play. It makes it feel like you're engrossed yeah, into you're this in. now. Yeah,
1: you're in. You're in with them now. Like it feels more realistic like cuz yeah. like people are just kind of like doing their thing and getting settled.
0: And we learn a little bit about each guy as it as it does this. The other thing that it does is it I don't I don't know how it does this to get it into like the very technical terms, but at the beginning of this room and this movie He's using wider lenses to make the room appear bigger and that everybody has some distance between them. You're farther away from everybody. As the movie goes on, he used different lenses, I guess, and different techniques to make you feel more claustrophobic and like you're tightening in. And I think that that helps to increase the tension. Mm -hmm. It helps to increase the idea that they're all getting closer together or figuring more out about each other or how to manipulate each other or whatever kind of that genius filmmaking stuff you know of of how you can use a camera in conjunction with the writing in conjunction with the acting to kind of put all this together Mm -hmm. i don't know how they do it (laughs) they do a hell of a job (laughs) if you guys are listening you guys do 12 angry men in your review maybe maybe you can tell us but it gives you that sense it's supposed to be claustrophobic it's supposed to be yeah because you're all
1: stuck in one room together until the verdict is comes up like that's that's the whole
0: idea that's how it works so we get a little bit going around the room there's this guy wearing like a striped suit and hat that is talking about how it's supposed to be the hottest day of the year mm-hmm. and he can't get the fan to work and he talks to this other guy that's kind of in just looks like a regular guy and uh, the bailiff makes them kind of all sign off that they're all there and that mm-hmm. these are their names and stuff and uh, we pan back to the other side of the room. So you're just getting like these pan backs and forth of different things that they're all kind of going over with each other. It's There's kind one guy of, that.
1: It's, it's giving each each person their like first, like their, okay, this is them, right? And you little as bit. a
0: viewer
1: are going to have your own bias and judgment on each one of them as well, which I think is interesting.
0: Right. right. Yeah, the one guy comes by, because the bailiff locks the door, because you mm-hmm. get locked in. And the one guy comes by, who's supposed to be younger than the rest of them, but they didn't get a younger guy. Sure. And they were just like, oh, it still works. But he says like, oh, I didn't know that they would lock us in. And this guy like clearly with like a cold or something. Oh my God. Is like, oh yeah, of course they lock us in. And it and it turns back to this guy's like putting papers together. Mm-hmm. Clearly he's making himself foreman. <laughs> he's well, like. Well, he probably already voted foreman before the, the court do case. Do you think so? I think he just kind of took it upon himself. I guess. No, you don't, you don't, you don't elect a foreman until you get into, into Oh, the you room. don't? Oh, okay. Yeah. I figured it was like at the beginning, but I don't remember. Yeah. At least not. Yeah. Not until you get into the room. Another guy in like a suit sits down with this meekish looking fellow talking meek-ish. about <laughs> about the jury. And he's like, I thought it was very interesting. He sounds very familiar, that guy. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. Probably the like guy a with shorter the character, in...
1: right? You know? Yeah. You know, pink.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see pink. It's in black and white. But when I see him, I see pink. <sighs> yes. Every I don't time. get it. <laughs> And, and this other guy's like, oh, I've been on a lot of juries, and it's very, this one was pretty dull, especially when it was an open and shut case. Mm-hmm. So you get an idea of kind of where everybody stands, or, or at least what some of them stand. And the guy with the suit on is like, hey, let's get get this show on the road, huh? And there's one guy in the bathroom, so the foreman's like, oh, well, I thought, you know, I thought we'd we like kind of start, wait. we'd wait for that yeah. guy. And then they all say like, oh, well, you're in my seat and stuff like that. So they they decide to all sit in their jury number Order. Order. Right. Rachel, should we go <laughs> around the table? I think we could go around the table. I think right, we could All right, let's do go that. around the table. Okay. Jur number one. Jur number one is the foreman
1: mm-hmm.
0: played by Martin Balsam. If I re- refer to him as juror number one, I will also refer to him as foreman. Right. In yeah. this. I think that's fair.
1: I think it's fair as well. Uh,
0: okay. So, Rachel, I told you that you know every single one of these actors from you something did. else you did <laughs> outside of this martin balsam is entering the multiple timers club here on shelf life you look familiar well if it's gonna be a multiple
1: timer it'd have to be like twilight zone or something
0: <laughs> i mean it would have to be twilight right zone, it right? has yeah. to be
1: i'm like trying to think of the other <laughs> stuff but, like it's gotta be twilight
0: zone right <laughs> i don't see him in the oh yeah there he is which one is yes. it? So he was in the sixty millimeter shrine. He played the agent, Danny Weiss, uh, in the sixty millimeter shrine. Oh, uh, So you've
1: already okay. you've already seen him. <laughs> That's why I he's, know the feasts.
0: <laughs> he'll be he's going to be back though. He is the detective in Psycho. He's in Breakfast yes. at Tiffany's. Okay. He's in Naked City. All right. He's in Cape Fear. He's in the T V show The Untouchables. Interesting. He's in another episode of the Twilight Zone that we'll do again one day he did a lot of tv the man from uncle the fugitive that is the foreman yep so that that guy and and the foreman what we find out about him is that he's kind of your average guy but he's trying to keep things organized you know yeah he's kind of just he's
1: trying to be like the leader and keep things organized and give everybody to kind of like do their thing and it makes Mm -hmm. sense yeah
0: all right so we'll continue going around the room because I think this is the easiest way because we don't get to go around the room for a little bit more. So I think right. that we can start no, no, here because we're going to be because refer- we're going to be referring to people by their numbers or their descriptions. For right. The rest of the time. Juror number two, Rachel, I know, you know, I know this one, go ahead.
1: This is the one that you called him meek. So this is the meek guy yes. that was sitting on the on the
0: chair. This is piglet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like you, you would just hear
0: piglet. <laughs> yeah. If you hear. Uh, all right. Here. Here's his voice. I just think he's guilty. I thought it was obvious from the word go. I mean nobody proved otherwise. Yeah, that's Piglet. It's Piglet! So, <laughs> he paid He John John Fiedler. John Fiedler played Piglet until the day he died in two thousand five. He was eighty years old, he paid he paid Piglet. He probably paid <laughs> Piglet too. He played Piglet until two thousand five.
1: I love that. I love that he was always Piglet. That makes me happy. He sounds just
0: like Piglet. It's unmistakable. Rachel, the one thing I thought was weird about this, and looking at him, John Fiedler was your age when they filmed this. (gasps) No, that's weird! (laughs) And he does not look that age.
1: I feel like back then then, everybody looks old.
0: Everybody looks old. They're all smoking cigarettes in this movie. (laughs) They were all probably dragging on set forever. They all look like shit. All right, so... Juror number two or Piglet? Yep. That's... Yeah. Okay. Sorry, but yes, that is going to be how we describe them. <laughs> All right. Juror number three mm-hmm, is played by L Cobb. Uh, I'm sorry, Lee J Cobb in a tour de force performance, in my opinion. Rachel, you know you know what he's in? It's a, it's a, it's on the list. I know the face.
1: I feel like I yeah. know the face.
0: You've seen him a lot older.
1: Okay. I, I don't know what it is, though.
0: He is the detective in the exorcist oh
1: my god <laughs> you're kidding oh my yeah. god
0: okay yeah. uh, Look, i is, might is... not
1: have looked at the screen much during the exorcist we'll get well, to that one later course. but still <laughs>
0: his, his, his scenes are all right except you're like always waiting for something for to the happen. next
1: scene and then something else is gonna happen like right away and you're just like no
0: <laughs> i call him angriest man oh yeah or, totally or, or angry dad so, either one of those, but juror number three. I didn't know
1: the angriest man was the exorcist guy. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Juror number four, or the broker, as we come to learn. We, I think we learned that in a couple of minutes here, actually. So, like, he's looking at the newspaper, and juror number three actually says to him, like, Oh, you're looking at the paper there. And he's like, yes, I'm a, I'm a broker.
1: Yeah, he was, like, checking so, the numbers and whatever.
0: He's a very analytical man.
1: Yeah, very. He he comes across that way as, like, an analytical guy. Yes,
0: Rachel, you know what you've seen him from?
1: See, I... I, I
0: you've seen I, him as an old man. I'm upset
1: because Piglet had to be number two, and I feel like he's the <laughs> only one I'm going to get.
0: I didn't know some of these. I, I looked these up. I looked some of these up. I knew Lee Cobb was the detective. I knew the foreman. Some of these I had to look up, though. I,
1: I know the face. The thing is, it's like, I, I feel like up. this guy, I know the face, but I don't know from what...
0: If I were to say to you, so do washing machines, would that help? No! It's...
1: <laughs> no, it's not. You're lying. Yes.
0: Yeah. You're lying. He is Grandpa Art in From National, National Lampoon? Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He's in He's a so lot serious of other things. Here. <laughs> He's in a lot of other things. But for us. He has a special place in our heart because he says some of the greatest lines we'll ever quote, including we have to get to lunch so I can eat my back pills. Yes, that's right. And so do washing machines. (laughs) That's juror number four.
1: That's amazing. broker.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. That makes me happy. All right.
0: Yes. Okay. Juror number five. I call him eventually Slum Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. find out that he lives he lives in the slums yeah he had a uh, a background in the slums yes hmm so Rachel this is a, a very famous character actor I don't know if you'll know who he is because I don't know if you you've seen a lot of what he's been in I don't, I don't I don't know
1: actually I don't think I recognize this one
0: yeah so this is Jack Klugman so if like you or I were to like ask Grandma and grandpa who Jack Klugman are, they would be able to tell you who Jack Klugman is. So he's, oh, a, sure. he's in four episodes of The Twilight Zone. Of he course. Is, who
1: wasn't of, bank in the day?
0: <laughs> right. He's in a bunch of different movies. I'm trying to find one that you would be like, oh, okay. And it's The Odd Couple. That's his most famous role. And then they, of course, did some different things with The Odd Couple. He is... Um, is he,
1: like, a main character in The Odd Couple? Yeah. Oh. yeah.
0: I can't remember if he plays Oscar or... I mean, it's been I think he plays Oscar.
1: way too long since I've even seen anything with The Odd yeah. Couple. But... Yeah,
0: he plays Oscar in The Odd Couple. Okay. Yeah. But that's juror number five, Jack Lugman, the slum guy. And then <laughs> juror number six is Edward Binns. I called him Painter because we find out later that he's a painter. We're going to find him in different stuff, too. I, I think he's definitely, like, more character character actor. Okay. Uh, then, then like, oh, like super famous kind of thing. Sure. Where we'll f- see him in Patton. We'll see him in, God, all of these guys, because they are character actors, they just have so many fucking credits. It's like unbelievable how many credits these guys have. North <laughs> but North by, North by no, Northwest, The Verdict. So he's, in, he's in a bunch of stuff. Okay. That we'll see. I don't know how predominant he is, but he's definitely in a bunch of stuff. Interesting. Jur all right, all right. number seven. I described him as salesman. He is Jack Warden. Jack Warden is again. It's another like character actor guy. He's all over the place. He's in a bunch of different things. He plays. He plays the owner in The Replacements.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I know him from. Sure. But I think it's again. It's one of those like if we ask Grandma and Grandpa, Jack Warden would have been in like a ton of shit. Like he, okay. he would have been a very known actor.
1: And this it shows um, while you were sleeping.
0: Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like he's all over the place in like all of these different things. He's in the Twilight Zone, of course. Of course, ev- he's <laughs> everybody in was. Everybody had to be in it. <laughs> juror number eight, which I think should just be juror number eight, or Henry Fonda. Oh
1: yeah, that's just... uh, is
0: Henry Fonda? Okay. So Henry Fonda is playing the lead character in this movie as juror number eight. He's standing by the window for most of the this like people are talking thing. And I didn't think about this, Rachel. He's wearing a white suit. He is. Yes, I feel like that's
1: metaphorical.
0: Yes, I think so too. I think it's got to be
1: metaphorical. Metaphorical.
0: (laughs) It has to be. I think so. But he is, like I said, he's one of those like Hollywood royalty type guys. He was in the Grapes of Wrath, on Golden Pond, a million things from back in the day. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, I I think he's got 124 credits on his IMDb. My God,
1: that's so many. So
0: (laughs) everybody knows who Henry Fonda is. And of course, like you have the Fondas and Peter Fonda and all that stuff. So juror number eight. Juror number nine. I just called him old man. Definitely just old man.
1: That's the perfect way. So describe this guy.
0: He's an old man. He's an old man. He's he's the oldest one of, of the group. Joseph Sweeney. Now, it'll be interesting to find out if we hit Joseph Sweeney's stuff in other ways, but uh, he's got 53 credits. Okay. And died in 1963. Okay. So he died only six years after this.
1: Oh. So
0: (laughs) a lot of his stuff is from before this. Sure. Which means he's in a lot of TV. And he was on a lot of TV in the 40s and 50s, so Mm -hmm. we'll see. But I don't see see any Twilight Zone on there, so we might not see him again. But he's in a bunch of other stuff, for sure. Old Man. Old Man. Journal number 10, I called Bigot. You'll understand
1: why later.
0: <laughs> I you could call him guy with cold, I guess too. Oh
1: god, you know what? Yeah, gross germ man. Okay, look. <laughs> yeah, the cougher or the sneezer or whatever. I mean, uh
0: and He'd be he, the he guy coughs- I'd be like,
1: can I please move to
0: the opposite side of the I room? I do not want to sit next to him. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, he's coughing and sneezing and interrupting people this whole time. I kind of want to know if he did it. I, I, I have a feeling it was like actually in the script for him to like cough and like interrupt. There's somebody some too. though
1: where he's like he does it and like the person like glares at him. And it's I know, but like, I think that's. Wait. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that I think that's on it purpose.
1: Felt real though, like. Oh my god, you're so annoying.
0: Like it keeps happening. We've been stuck in this room with this sick dude. So this is Ed Bagley. Ed Bagley is a notorious like villain, I think, in a lot of movies. Interesting. Uh, so it makes sense that he's playing the bigot here. He's in a shitload of television as well. Okay. That's where that's where anybody from the 50s would have recognized him from. Just a lot of television shows, some westerns, some dramas. A lot of that kind of stuff where he could come in and be, like, the bad guy for, like, a time or two. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I guess but you have I, I, to. Vaguely. Sometimes
1: you're just good at it. Sometimes you're good at being the bad guy. That's,
0: that's your thing. <laughs> Jur number 11 I wrote down as Immigrant. Yeah. That's his character or, or his trait.
1: No, that is his. That's a big trait for him. Yes. When yeah. we talk about uh, the stuff he talks about. Yes, exactly.
0: Played by George Voskovic. He has a bunch of credits again, and he is going to be. oh let's see, is there anything? Because he's, he's, again, like a TV guy. And like a lot a Western of them are going to be TV guys, yeah. And yeah. It's hard so, for us to
1: get into all of, like, every TV show out there. Well, we and, like, already all said we're doing little
0: things, but. We're doing more shelf life selects stuff, with Yeah, is stuff that a we a don't select. know. Yeah, so if they were going to pop up, it's probably not going to be in a TV show that we're going to walk through everything. Right. And then juror number 12, I put as ad man or madman.
1: Oh, he's definitely a madman. 100%. Yeah. I also thought madman the, in- the second he like started talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's madman.
1: And if you don't uh, understand what I'm talking about, madman is also a TV show <laughs> about, about ad like, executives. Yes. And
0: he's an ad executive. So like that's definitely where, mm-hmm. where he comes from. He will show up again on Shelf Life at some point during our journey. He's in Private Benjamin. He's in The Dirty Dozen. He's in Midway. He has an obnoxious amount of credits, Rachel. He has 151 <laughs> acting credits. Oh my god. These guys knew how to work back then.
1: Apparently.
0: <laughs> they knew that you could walk in, you could have 10 seconds on Mannix, and you could walk out and you could get paid. That's right. <laughs> and that's the way it should be is it i guess god damn right (laughs) so anyway those are our 12 jurors so you have foreman piglet angry dad broker slum guy painter salesman number eight old man bigot immigrant madman yep or you can call them by their numbers, Rachel. But I want to make sure, I'm glad that we took the last 10 minutes to discuss that.
1: No, I think it was good, because then we got to talk to, about each actor and everything.
0: And now we have an idea of wh- what all of them are, so that we can, we can make sure that we can call them all right. Because as we do this walkthrough, we have to make sure that we understand them. Because it's going to be easier to call them by their descriptions or their numbers than it is going to be to call them by their acting names. Sure, their, of course. their acting names, by their real names. Right. So- okay, so anyway... Madman is talking with eight at the window, and he's talking about how they're lucky that they got a murder case because anything else would have been dull. Like if they would have gotten right. an assault or anything like that, like it would have been like a real dead spot. But there's no real dead spot because it's a murder. It's a murder beef. So it's so interesting. <laughs> it's so...
1: Yeah, like I understand, but he's it's also like a, good guy. He's <laughs> got a point.
0: He's got a point. He's got a point. It moves back out again, and we go by the salesman. And he is, and the bigot are talking about the bigot having this hot weather. This is the best way to describe them. Juror, juror eleven and juror seven are talking about this hot weather. Cold is that a thing? Is that just a thing from the fifties because they all ate and oh. like shit and they oh, smoked maybe. like chimneys that could be it. and they were just uh, terribly out of shape.
1: Oh, and probably like the smog and all. Oh yeah, there's air, probably air smog and, and
0: shit and piss and <laughs> oh God, God, God knows what in that fucking air. <laughs> Again, folks, the people that say we need to go back to the 50s, they're wrong. Like, yes, the tax rate was probably better for the common man, but everything
1: else was shit. Oh, it just kind of gross and dirty and just, ugh. <laughs> like, I, I, I
0: saw, like, a post one day of peop- of somebody being like, oh, look, this is, like, a picture from, like, the 40s. Like, look how in shape everyone is. And I thought, <laughs> no, I get that there's too many fat people now, but they were all anemic and dying slowly from eating boiled cabbage and smoking and sucking on gasoline, having asbestos in their lungs. We're not right, but we weren't right then either. And we find that out as this movie progresses. See, I'm getting angry. I'm supposed to, I'm trying to get into the mode of being one of the 12 angry men. Oh, okay. I see. They're all super sweaty. They're oh, all tired, so sweaty. The bro, uh, this is where the broker's looking at the paper. We find out that angry, the angriest man, is a messenger. He owns a currying service called Beck and Call. I really so like I wonder, that name. I kind of wonder if that means that his last name is Beck.
1: Oh, do you think?
0: Or call? Oh, yeah. I
1: like it. I mean,
0: you never. That would you never find out what anybody's sense. name is in this. So. So we find out that the salesman has tickets to the ball game tonight, and he's really worried about missing the ball game so that we get a little bit of his motivation, too. And then they finally all decide, like, OK, we're going to sit in order, which I don't think is usually a thing. But they decide, let, let's sit in order. And I don't remember. I mean, sit, uh, although they I, again, gives you like a place then. I. <laughs> I went on, I went to jury duty during COVID. So it was a little bit like they put us in this like huge room
1: oh, okay. where
0: you could sit like every three spots or something like that. So it wasn't like, it was just kind of like random, you know, Sure. everybody just kind of sit. Makes sense. So the foreman calls them all to sit. They're all smoking. I even said that a madman has a DeVille. He's got a DeVille going on. <laughs> in fact, some of them all have different ones. Like a lot of them are smoking cigarettes, Right. But Piglet's got a pipe. He's yeah piglet has build. a pipe
1: i thought that was so interesting <laughs> flipping pipe yeah they're all smoking they're all like wiping their sweat constantly and oh yeah they're
0: they are sweaty ugly disgusting pigmen wow, pig men. wow okay. <laughs> that's that's how they hog all beast. are they're all hog they beat the <laughs> thousand man king. i want to know what the jury was on that one that got right? that guy off
1: good god <laughs> How? How? Keanu
0: <laughs> should not have won that case. He
1: really should not have. Is that movie on the list? It That's has like to the be. third time
0: we've talked about it on show. No, it has to be. It is, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. Not for a while. No.
1: Man. It's a long okay. one, too. Uh, that might <laughs> so, be hard.
0: <laughs> F- Henry Fonda is the last one. He's at the window. They ask him to come sit down. They're doing a little bit of talking, some more like backstory, like some more just like, oh, what did you think? Like, oh, I thought the prosecution was really all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. And they eventually we find out that the slum kid is an Orioles fan compared to uh, salesman. And then they go to get the old man out of the bathroom and he apologizes for keeping them all waiting. And obviously he wasn't really keeping them waiting, but I don't know what that old man was doing. Was he, was he pooping in there? Probably. In there? I guess he's an old man. Probably so he he just, just he's gotten just, was just taken kinda... a
1: while and he was probably yeah. like wiping his face and just, yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's a was a thing back then. You you wiped your face a lot more in the 50s. <laughs> well, I mean, it's
1: hot, so it's kind of like you just like get that yeah. like, cool water on your face. Mm. You know, you splash cold water in your face because that's always in every movie and show. You get upset, go splash water in your face.
0: Yeah, folks at home, has anyone actually ever done that? I splash know. water in their face. <laughs> it is. It's a cliche in movies, but I don't know if I've ever done it in real life.
1: Like, if anything, it was like okay, just like get something cool on the back of your neck. But
0: yeah, when was like, just super
1: hot, but
0: mm. the foreman says we won't have any rules here. We could talk first or we could vote first. And the broker says, let's vote. The salesman seconds it and they decide to vote and they decide to do this just by like show of hands. Mm-hmm. So some put it up right away. A few hesitantly put it up. Henry Fonda, number eight, waits to number eight, number waits eight? to vote not guilty <laughs> And his reasoning for voting not guilty is that he wants to talk about it first. Right. So Bigot says oh, there's always one, and he's like, I just want to talk. So he, he doesn't know. He, he's explaining he doesn't know if he's innocent or guilty, but he wants to talk about it first. Right. He just wants to know. And angry dad says he heard all the same evidence. Do you want it listed to you? Cause like, do you want to, do you want to kind of go over it all again? Yeah, they're they're like kind of 11... saying
1: it in rude ways. Like, Oh my God, do we have to like repeat everything? And it's like,
0: right. Well, and that's where there's, there's videos of this on like YouTube. And I think this is taught in like classes and stuff of oh
1: yeah
0: how to persuade others. And how to argue with others, how to debate others. In today's world, we really need to take some of these lessons to heart. Because, again, all 12 of these, as Rachel said, are like middle-aged white guys that all live in New York City. They don't all have similar backgrounds, though. No. So they're all bringing different biases to to the table, which is always they're the all, interesting
1: part. Is that they, they don't all bring different, different the backgrounds? Yeah,
0: yeah. They all have different personalities. They all have different ways of thinking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, kids, if there are kids listening, because you got your parents' permission to listen to Shelf Life, <laughs> or are there people in college that are listening? A, a fucking project for your class yeah. could have this same issue. Where there's just people that are stubborn, or there's people that want to get hung up on a, on a detail, yep. or any of this stuff. It, it, it doesn't have to just be the courtroom, and that's what I think is kind of interesting about the movie, too, is that it brings up a lot about the human condition in different kind of, kinds of ways. Right. It just uses the courtroom as the catalyst of, of what, how to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. They say 11 people think he's guilty except him how come you're voting not guilty? Henry Fonda says it's it's just not that easy for him to be able to say i'm going to raise my hand and, and sentence this man to die. This kid to die. Right.
1: Which is the, wants, which is what he's thinking because it's like the the judge said if you bring back right. the guilty it's going to get maximum, which is the yep. death penalty, which right. that would make me nervous. It's like yeah. i'm surprised that they actually said that because when well, i when it's i 1957, was
0: 1957 it's sure. different.
1: When I was uh, called for jury duty and I had to read my little pamphlet about everything, and I, it happened to talk about the death penalty, it was saying it's not your choice, right? You, it, you're not the one that's gonna have to choose whether they get the get go, like the death penalty or not. It's like that's up to the judge, and that's right. decided after. So it yep. it's okay for you to still say guilty, like if yeah, if, that's, not, you're if that's not on the, the line. So you don't have yeah. to think about it that way. In this, it's like, well, if you say guilty, guess what's going to happen? And it's like, well, thanks for that. Yeah, now I that kinda, feels harder.
0: I don't know if that's how things were in the fifties or not, but that could be a device to raise the stakes or to make it understood why he's more willing to oh, sure. stand up against the other eleven. Right. Because of that kind of thing, mm-hmm. that, so that's possible too. We weren't even like so one of the jurors when we were in the jury room. This was probably another reason why I got told I was uh, the the level headed one or whatever. One of the jurors said, "Well, what will happen if if she is found guilty?" And I said, "We can't think about that. Right? That's not for us to decide. Yeah. That that we can't. Uh, that doesn't that's matter. That's
1: not part of what we're doing. It doesn't we matter if she's going to gonna say go if she to jail or not.
0: Right." we don't we don't decide that that's the judge's job she he could throw her in jail for 10 years he could say here's a probation he could say here's a ten thousand dollar fine yeah here's a slap that's on the not wrist our, like yeah we that's not ours ours to decide so they decide because he's just like i just want to talk about it i mm-hmm. just want to like figure out I, I you know i just want us to discuss this they're kind of like well how long do we have to talk about it like what what is there to talk about it's so open and shut to all of them salesman is like you think i really like voted fast you think that was easy for me like i'm talking about the evidence right and you're nothing that you say is going to change my mind so this is where i'm glad that they threw this line in and as i like did a little bit of like digging into this i'm glad that, that we found this because i watched this rachel with mom and dad because okay. i was at the, having to be at their house sure before we did the recording and i remember when we were done or when it was over mom said you know Obviously, Juror 8 is like the protagonist, the hero of the story, and uh, in the right. But she she was like, but at some points, it felt like he was rooting for not guilty, rather than what his intention really is here, which is saying, I don't know if I'm right or wrong. Right. But we should be going over everything first. Right. And I I'm not going to try to change your mind. I just want to go through the facts again. But because I I want to understand it.
1: Sometimes it does feel like I wanna change your mind.
0: Exactly. It does feel that way. He's like, like, I want to change your mind. It's like, hold on a
1: second, whatever you're saying, but like let's let's actually make it the other way. Like let's make it not guilty because of XYZ. And it's like, hold on a second. Yes That's not what you're trying to say though.
0: That wasn't your original intent but i do think maybe that is part of as the evidence as they talk and as evidence comes he out was he's convinced. starting to convince himself that sure. it is not guilty that so i think sense. that's where and yeah. so now
1: he's like well hold up i'm convinced this is convincing yeah. me and now i want to convince you
0: right so maybe that's how it works because maybe I, I i do agree with that standpoint where it's like yeah sometimes he does feel like he's rooting for one side or the other where when he's saying no i just want us to discuss this mm-hmm. uh, and and i think that's the way that and ever, I do everything think it is should fair. be. I
1: think it should be discussed. I think it, it this <laughs> it shouldn't just be like a all right, he's guilty, done. It it should be a discussion. That's kind of the whole point of you being there.
0: A lot of what this movie is doing is giving Henry Fonda this ability to be against the mob, mm. against like mob which of mentality. course in the, yeah, which in the 50s was all about McCarthyism and you see that a lot today too where you see you are you on this side or that side,
1: and that's the only thing. And it's like, well, yeah, let's discuss about a it. lot of
0: issues. And um, there are a few issues out there that are, yeah, you probably are on a, a side of empathy or a side of bigotry or whatever. Mm-hmm. But there are issues where no, maybe we should talk about everything here and kind of see what the you got to realize that there's is. like all
1: these little things in between yeah. and yeah.
0: So again, it's it's it is that, and you know. Both sides can get mad at you for saying, wait, can we talk about this and and figure out... Because not everything is... It's interesting that for a black and white movie, it's Shades of Grey. Right? Uh, Look at that! Um. (laughs) At this point, he tells them, let's just take an hour to talk about this. Mm -hmm. And we'll just kind of go over the facts, we'll take an hour, we'll do another vote at, at the end if nobody can, you know. So... Bigot tries to tell a story, and Eight is like, that's not what I want to do here. I don't want to just sit here and do nothing. Like, we, we're we actually supposed to, like, talk about the facts. Fonda starts by saying, well, he's been in a slum his whole life. He He's had a terrible life. He's been hit on the head once every day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We, we at least kind of owe him, like, something before we send him to death. Right. And Bigot says, Ed Bagley, says, <laughs> we don't... Says, I'm going to tell you right now, we don't owe him a thing. That sick guy. Yeah. So he's saying, We don't owe him anything. He goes and grabs more tissues and he's like, You know, I know what he is. I've lived among them my whole life and they're born liars. <laughs> so you. Yeah, he's very open so- about it.
1: He's very yes. open about it.
0: Yeah, I thought it was really interesting how. I'm not surprised. Yeah?
1: No, I'm not surprised, because that's his opinion. That's what he thinks is the truth. And... But that he would be
0: that open about oh, it? Oh, yeah.
1: I think yeah. people... Yeah. I think that there's there's people that are like that. There's some that are, are kind of quiet, and they don't even realize that they, they have that bias towards, like, another person. And then there's these people who are, like, very open about it, because they're like, no, that is what it is, period. Like, these uh-huh. people are bad. And... That's just the way life goes. And I even think like nowadays, it's true too. Like some people don't realize they they think that way and some people are very open about it. It's just, there's like a whole variety of people (laughs) on that that one. So I'm not actually that super surprised. It's just, whenever it comes out and he says it, it kinda, it hurts a little.
0: I actually thought it was, I mean, we'll, we'll get to what happens to him at, by the end of this. Oh it's, it's interesting. I love that part, but we'll get there. Uh, yeah, because I, I mean, if, if all 12 of these are supposed to, you know, kind of represent different aspects of society mm-hmm. or different aspects of, you know, that, then it is it is interesting. Old old man comes back with a really good line here, I thought, where he says uh, do you have a monopoly on the truth? Like, we need to explain to this man, meaning Durate, what you know, why we think what we think we need to, exp- we need to open some stuff up. Right. So the foreman tries to regain order. There's this little thing where the ad, ad man is doodling some stuff. He kind of gets admonished by the foreman. He's like, Hey, we're trying to do something here. Right. So like we're trying to like
1: pay attention.
0: Yeah. He, he makes up for it though. Beca- and, and obviously the one thing that we're not going to be able to necessarily convey on the podcast is all the camera movements. The camera can like swoosh and zoom and, mm-hmm. And the way that everything is framed makes you kind of feel like you're at the table a lot. Right. Uh, one thing that happens at the beginning of the movie, too, or, or as the movie progresses, is Henry Fonda is shown almost kind of lower than everyone. And right. And then as, as the not-guilties pack, pile on, he becomes higher and the guilties become lower in stature. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting to kind of... So it's like all that it's like kind of stuff. like tipping a scale almost. Yeah, so the, all of that kind of stuff is not going to come through as we talk about the plot, but there is a lot of framing devices and things like that that are in the the way that it's shot, too. Sure.
1: We'll try to mention as many visuals as we can re- see and remember. And... Or remember, <laughs> yeah.
0: So Adman actually kind of, like, redeems himself because the foreman says he wants Eight to explain, like, why he thinks it's not guilty, and Adman is like, no, I think what actually he's saying not guilty, we're saying guilty, so actually we should be trying to convince him Mm -hmm. why he's guilty. So we should kind of go around the table one by one and and kind of say we're guilty. Well,
1: it's interesting because it's like, well, Eight didn't say he's not guilty, he said he doesn't know.
0: Right. So it's like, you can't really
1: have a person who says, I don't know, explain their side of it. You kind of have to explain it if you think you have the right
0: answer. Right. Interestingly enough, Throughout this entire movie, Foreman never says why he thinks one way or another. I
1: thought I realized that when I watched it too.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that's a meta textual thing where it's like he's the leader and the organizer, so his opinion counts, but he doesn't want to sway Mm. the rest. He doesn't want to sway his
1: Yeah, because I don't I don't even realize when his opinion swayed we might have to talk about that there's a point there's a point because i don't remember when but it's just like all of a sudden it happened
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah and it might have so happened anyway. when a lot of them were swayed at the same time but yeah
0: i think it's like three are swayed and one of them one of them is him yeah uh so we go around the table we start with piglet piglet says nobody proved he isn't guilty and eight says well that's not the case somebody has to prove that he is guilty sure And Paylet's like, well, I just, I just think he is. I mean, he just seems guilty. And Angriest cuts him off. (laughs) And he's like, look, I don't have any feelings one way or another, but here are the facts. And he pulls out this little notebook. Yes. And he points out the facts of the case. So we find out an old man heard a fight. He heard, I'm going to kill you. Yep. He heard a thump, which was the body. And he saw the boy running out. Now, I'm just as sentimental as the next fella. But these are the facts. <laughs> I love Lee Cobb in this movie. He's so good. He's so obnoxious, but it's good. I love it. He's oh, no, it's so great. Angry.
1: Oh, my. He is so. He gets angrier and angrier. It's great. By the end of this,
0: he is just shouting at the top oh, of the lungs. Oh, my God. So he says, like. He has to pay for what he did, in his opinion. So then they, they go to the broker, and the broker is very analytical. Mm-hmm. He's very straightforward. He sits there with his coat on. I think he might be the only one that never takes his coat yeah, he's on. Less,
1: well, yeah, I think he doesn't sweat is one of the things that comes up. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, like, does, he takes the emotion out of it, and he's only thinking facts, period.
0: Yes. Yes. So he says he thinks which is one the boy way of story. thinking of things, but sometimes you need to have that emotion in there. I mean, even the facts are what sway him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The broker says the boy's story was flimsy. He went to the movies, he couldn't remember what he saw, he couldn't remember who was in it. And Bigot interrupts because he says, "Well, the woman across the street saw it. That should count for something." So he just interrupts and he goes on a tangent of like of course. she knows his his whole life. She swears she saw him do it. He's saying that the prosecution proved that you could see through the L train. Right. Yes. At night. Right. If there weren't people on because it. Because of the so lights so, going through it. Yeah. Yeah. So even though she was on the other side of the tracks, you could still see through it if the lights were, were on. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because there's the train between. It was like the train going between the two buildings, and she lived across the way from the kid and his dad, and then the old man yeah. lived below.
0: No. Both? no i think i don't know no, he, I, I think the old, the... The, 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 the old the man lives the below
1: the old man lives below right
0: yeah and the and the woman lived across the street okay
1: well i just gotta paint the picture yeah, we don't get to see gotta... it we, we need just to, just to know the what facts it is. you need to know the facts <laughs> to decide the case yeah um um but by the end of this i want you guys to tell us if the I'm kid is figure guilty or not
0: <laughs> who killed father karis it was an eight-year-old girl. They say she was possessed by the demon
1: uh, Pazuzu. Pazuzu.
0: <laughs> I am Pazuzu. Don't don't do that. That still scares me. It I scares me. Little...
1: You just don't let him in. You, you never let him in.
0: Let's just put a let's just put a quote. Let's you just always quote, say put no. That cut writer. <laughs> wouldn't have been playing with that fucking weed you know what yeah yeah Uh, never fuck with yeah we're gonna do that one day but we're gonna i don't know how we're gonna do that i don't know that's gonna be a scary episode so anyway where were we so peter peter fonda so henry fonda (laughs) asks bigot s ed (laughs) bagley rachel's just laughing every time i call them by their descriptors it's so
1: hard too. Rachel's like,
0: I wanted it to just be 8, 10, 12, but it's easier to keep in mind. I just,
1: every time you say bigot, it just makes me laugh because I would have called him the sick one so <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, you can. It's the no, same. I just thing. think it's funny. <laughs> so he says to him, Let me ask you a question. Why do you believe her story, but not his? Mm-hmm. She's one of them too, isn't she? and bigot like looks like oh you smart guy like yeah because like... you know that but he's right he's like calling him out on of it course. right like in in a in a way where it's like i'm using your words against you right now good luck trying to do that in this day and age someone's oh God, gonna no. dig digging in deeper yeah. but it, it, it we well, have he to all does he
1: doesn't really say anything but he does kind of dig himself a
0: deeper, he right? admits defeat by going back and sitting down
1: yeah i guess you're right
0: yeah, somebody else would have just, like, kept talking, and you know, you're right. As as a society, as people, as human beings that are, should try and continuously try to do better and make yourself better and mm-hmm. make others around you better, we have to admit when we're wrong. Yes. I think there's, there's too many people don't— And you can be don't... wrong.
1: You can make mistakes and get better.
0: Yes. I think a lot of people have a problem with admitting that they're wrong. And I think a lot of that is because a lot of leaders— Don't ever admit that they're wrong. Oh yeah, for whatever reason, and I think it's a it's a bad mentality that needs to be weeded out because it's the only way to make yourself better. Right. No, I agree. Slum guy passes. He doesn't want to say.
1: Yeah, he he's yeah he's kind of timid. He doesn't want to say want to say anything. Yeah, he
0: he just doesn't. uh, Yeah, he doesn't want to say anything. Mm -hmm. Painter says he was looking for a motive. So he says the testimony from the people across the hall said that there was a fight. There was an argument of the fight at eight and he couldn't hear what it was about but they know that there was a fight i thought that they do a good job of keeping like this part natural because they're all kind of like talking over each other right like henry found it like kind of talks over him and is like well it doesn't prove anything and i thought painter actually makes a good point here he's like it doesn't prove anything but it's part of the picture, right? It's part of the story. You gotta, yeah. you gotta so kind like, of
1: like you have to paint a bigger picture. Which, of course, he's the painter. So if he's thinking about it that way, yeah, sure. That's
0: a, that's actually a good point, Rachel. I yeah, <laughs> it's a good fucking screenplay. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> Bravo.
0: Good job. So, so he says, like, well, he, you know, he got slapped, and all these slaps happen. So mm-hmm. that that would be a problem. And eight says. Well, why would these slaps be any different than the others? He gets he gets beat by his dad every day. Right. So why would he? Why would this one be any different? And broker says, well, like, maybe these are too, too many, which is a fine point. Which too. is all yes,
1: which happens, and yeah, uh, it could absolutely be that, but now you have to prove that.
0: <laughs> right. You have to prove that. On to the salesman. He says everything's already been said, and he goes into the fact that he had a record. So he stole a car. He was arrested for mugging. He was in a knife fight. again says like well he's been beaten since he was five he lives in like a shitty area and all this stuff Mm
1: -hmm. and they always say they do say priors don't really priors should not matter it shouldn't matter what's going to happen next
0: there might even be counties or states where you aren't allowed to mention the priors right because they aren't supposed to matter you're not talking about those cases right you're talking about this case right so it's interesting angriest dad (laughs) gets up and he says, "This is just the way the kids are nowadays. It's these kids. It's the kids' problem. It's this gen. It's the it's these baby boomers. Oh, that it are would the be problem. the baby boomers. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. It would be like, the boomers. Yeah. So damn um, boomers. <laughs> nothing changes because no, it doesn't. literally, <laughs> it does never change. That's that's just a generational thing. Or I guess it could also be that is it the not the silent generation? What's that generation that was born during World War II?" I can't remember i don't anyway. remember
1: that's probably that the, the unremembered generation
0: <laughs> <laughs> but his point is like all right it's these kids now these damn kids because mm-hmm. when we are 80 years old we're going to be saying those damn kids 80 years old from then people are going to be saying these damn kids it's just it's what people do it is but he says that back then he called his dad sir nobody calls their fathers sir anymore eight responds with fathers don't think that's important anymore and he says when his son was nine, he ran away from a fight, he was embarrassed by that. And he said, I'm going to make a man out of him. So I beat the hell out of him is kind of what he's inferring. There.
1: Well, yeah. And well, he brings this up
0: because of the picture in his wallet, right? Yeah. He takes it out to show eight. Oh, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. His, his strategy is to kind of like try to become buddies with or, or try to try to find common ground with him. So he's like, we're both dads, because Henry Fonda's like, I have three kids. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, I, you know I, I have a kid too. Like, here he is, he's 22 now. And he doesn't talk to him. Yes. When he was 16, they had a fight, knocked him in the jaw. He hasn't seen him in two years. So we get this backstory. And I love that after he says it, and, and they kind of move on to talk about other things, the camera stays focused on angry dad right he walks away from it and he's just staring at the picture and he's like looking in the corner of the picture so like you get an idea it's kind kind of of where he's coming from yeah yeah
1: which i'm wondering with with like this whole case and everything too if he's drawing a parallel with the beatings
0: and the kid but i mean in the 50s beating your kid that was just customary
1: (laughs) sure but at the same time they're even saying it's kind of like that's not like super normal like no
0: i i think it's actually interesting because we always i mean we make fun on shelf life of you know oh back in the day you could just backhand that motherfucker down and you tell him who's boss <laughs> right but you just slap uh, you, a kid if they're bothering you, just, your... you you just box their fucking ears <laughs> you walk down the street just to tell them that you're older you know right but I mean, I I do think it's interesting that they kind of point out that like no, that's not that's normal. actually not normal. Yeah, in this, so they 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 kind of break that conventional right. Little. So they kind of say like okay, let's say he's just a product of this broken home. He has a criminal record because he's from the slums. These are just how people are in the slums, right? Yes. This is what Broker is saying. He's playing with like,
1: statistics and everything too. In the way that that's exactly working. Yeah, yes, yes.
0: yes yes he's bringing up statistics and saying like you know people from the slums commit more crimes and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing mm-hmm. which we've we've heard ad nausea. it's it's fascinating that this movie is sixty five plus years old and it's the same <sighs> bullshit yes today yeah that you hear it's it's, it's just fascinating it's, yeah yeah because nothing will change
1: well. We hope it will, but
0: it, progress takes time.
1: It takes. So I I believe long. I believe
0: that you have to let progress take its path. If you try to force it, you end up getting
1: pushing it the other way. Problems or... that you have
0: now, too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And and, I, and and I of course I want it to be more pro- pro- progressive, but you you have to have you just you need to unfortunately believe in people and and hope that. As they come it's, to it, an understanding, it, it comes it, it's to that slow. same thing
1: again, where you you have to have conversations, you have to l- realize that you can make a mistake, and, and then you just, can learn from your mistake. And yeah. you can't just like say, "Well, they this is what they thought ten years ago." Well, then fuck them. Yeah. It's it's well, they can learn from that though. They can learn from yeah. thinking that way, and they might think differently now. There are
0: people that you can't help, but there are right. People that you can
1: help. <laughs> but if there those are, people would like just... realize, wait, I yeah. can actually say I made a mistake, I can learn from it, and move on. Yes, and same with the other people who are saying you made a mistake. Well, right. you can let them learn and grow. Right. We Shelf life he, lessons.
0: We, shel- there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. It's a very lesson-heavy episode. Bigot says that the kids that come out of the slums are trash, like out of those places or whatever, he says. And Slum Guy, this is where we find out that Slum Guy lived in a slum his whole life. Right. And he... Like, maybe you think I smell like garbage because I, I've lived, you know, grew up in terrible neighborhood. I've always been there and, and stuff. Foreman says like, well, don't get personal. Don't be like sensitive about it. And ad adman says the same thing. An immigrant is like, no, I get it. I, I know why you're sensitive about it.
1: Right. And it's kind of hard not to be sensitive about something like that, especially when somebody's taking that bias and saying, well, it's because of this. And it's like, well, that's not how that works.
0: You know, right. bigot calls the foreman a kid. And foreman gets mad at bigot, tells him, well, then why don't you want it? If you want to do it, you be the foreman. Mm-hmm. And ad-, ad guy tries to, like, bring it back and kind of, like, calm everybody down. And he's like, no, you're doing a good job. Just go back. Just go back. We get a little bit of, of stuff from the foreman there of just kind of, like, he he's like, yeah, I'm just trying to keep everything in line. Like, right. I don't know what you want me to do. He's just like,
1: I'm just trying to help.
0: Which is true. Trying to be the, the leader of it is a pain in the ass because everyone is Being able to- Being a mediator? Horrible. yeah because everyone is able to bash you and your job is to keep everyone together which is impossible to do of course eight says everyone sounded so positive about the case that everything is for sure everything is certain and he's like i i just don't think everything is that certain and the defense let little things go by and they say, like, well, why would he have done that? Like, if he's the lawyer, and he's like, it's possible for a lawyer to be just plain stupid, <laughs> which I yeah, enjoyed. or just in. like do-
1: not wanting to do their job.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like. That does he say plain that, like, stupid though? Does, yeah, he says it's possible for a lawyer to be just plain stupid. Oh, that's funny. He put himself in the kid's place, and he's like, if I were the kid, I would have wanted a different lawyer, Some- somebody that would have tried to tear it, through- tear the prosecution through shreds. There was one eyewitness. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence, but they could be wrong. Right. Suppose they're wrong. They could be wrong. Like he just wants somebody to say like is it possible that they could be wrong?
1: Right. Plus that lawyer was probably given to him by the court and
0: he's like Yeah, they say they say that. They say he was a court appointed.
1: Right, cuz like the kid's
0: not going to be able to afford a lawyer. Lawyers are expensive.
1: And, and so if he's a court appointed one, like in
0: 1957 they probably cost a whole penny or a nickel, <laughs> a
1: whole quarter.
0: Um a whole quarter. <laughs>
1: I had it in my head because i popped the...
0: rachel on them. Yeah. or she popped herself i
1: popped myself because i had it in my head now that national lampoon guy is in this so. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: yeah. i mean so, i I, so... I get
1: his point and i mean like yeah you want you want somebody else to say like well what if they're wrong like they could be wrong
0: i mean they even go into a little bit here of saying um the witnesses might not be right and they're like well they swore under oath and they're like yeah but that doesn't necessarily mean that they saw it right and Mm -hmm. ad man says well it's not an exact science being up there and eight goes no it's not like that's my point right piglet wants to keep going but angry dad wants to talk about the knife so they ask for the knife because they're like he admitted to buying this knife and broker goes through the facts with the knife he was hit several times he bought a switch It had a handle and a blade that was unique and it was unique to the pawn shop where he got it or Mm -hmm. whatever, wherever he said he went. Sure. He met his friends at 845. He left at 945. They ID'd the weapon as the knife, like it fit the wound or whatever. Sure.
1: Sure. Which or I mean, I, even no, nowadays, you can't really like. It's like, well,
0: yeah, more science yeah, was, nowadays,
1: but like back right. then, it's kind of surprising that they were oh, like. Oh, you could is get. A, I feel it. like if
0: you, I feel like if you skipped town, you could get away with murder up until about 1948. Oh sure. Like if you, <laughs> <laughs> if you murdered anyone before World War II, you could probably get away with it. Because what are they gonna do? I, I think this is a comedian's bit or somebody's bit where I've heard where it's like, what are you gonna show up and they're gonna be like. Uh, there's blood, uh... Yeah, they didn't, they didn't,
1: like, take stuff. They didn't even think about, like, DNA or anything. So it's like, well, this happened.
0: I, it looks yeah, like it splattered I, this way, you know? I feel like that. that's, that there were probably a lot of unsolved murders back in the day. Oh bit. my god, yeah. As he talks about this, as he talks about the knife, mm-hmm. and about, about the timeline... The camera slowly moves in on him. I think that's supposed to be one of those like claustrophobic movements because it just keeps moving very slowly in on Broker. Mm -hmm. While Slum Guy is just kind of listening to Again, it's very interesting because if you focus on any of the jurors that are in the shots, they're all using fantastic body language and different faces as they go through this. Again, why it would be interesting to see as a play. Right. Probably. This is one of the most famous scenes in the movie. Now, are you trying to tell me that this knife really fell through a hole in the boy's pocket? Someone picked it up off the street, went to the boy's house and stabbed his father with it just to test its sharpness? No, I'm just saying it's possible the boy lost his knife and that somebody else stabbed his father with a similar knife. It's just possible. Take a look at this knife. It's a very unusual knife. I've never seen one like it. Neither had the storekeeper who sold it to the boy. Aren't you asking us to accept a pretty incredible coincidence?
1: I'm just saying a coincidence is possible. And I say it's not possible.
0: Where did that oh, come from? It's the same knife. The broker puts the knife into the table. Which, why do you break the table? That's not a very good thing. But I mean, it's this cheap New York table, I suppose. Broker and Angry Dad are both like, See, there's no way. There's no knife like this. This is a unique knife. There's no way that this could be anything different. Mm-hmm. With that, eight stands up. Yes. Takes out a switch, flips it open, and stabs it in the table. They're going back and forth, and Henry Fonda is like, I'm just saying it's possible. I'm just saying it's possible. So he has to be like, all right, fine, I- I'll prove Let it. Let me show that it's possible. And he puts the knife into the table.
1: Which, that wouldn't have been in his pocket nowadays but
0: nowadays it would not have been in his pocket no back then you can't get into there (laughs) anything this would have been in real life grounds for a mistrial (laughs) yeah i think so because juror number eight did research outside of what was presented to him in the jury room yes which and you're... you're not allowed to do that. Well,
1: they would they have just replaced him? No, because they he told every other juror
0: now, too. No, because he told oh, all of them. Oh, damn. So this would, have yeah. been a, this would have been a mistrial. Oof. It's a great moment. It is a great it's moment. It's a great moment. However. <laughs> However, in real life, would not have been able, would not have been possible.
1: Right. But now they have two identical knives.
0: <laughs> yes, they have two identi- identical knives because he was able to buy one from the same neighborhood. He says he, like, walked through the same neighborhood they're like well it doesn't it doesn't prove anything there's, there's there's ten more knives like that but what does that mean it doesn't mean anything and they're like well it, it could mean something it could mean that he wasn't the one with the knife or that somebody else had a knife like right that. and they're like well but the odds of that and they're like but it's possible he's trying to say like it does this raise reasonable doubt right piglet thinks that it was interesting I but, do like that. Uh, it's
1: just interesting. That's interesting. Yeah,
0: I found that very interesting, Pooh. And, oh, Pooh, I thought it was very interesting. And Angry Dad's like, shut up for a second. What do you mean, Let it's me go back like, to Why this? is it interesting? <laughs> like that. <laughs> so he goes ahead and he says, go ahead and hang this jury. He's going to get another 12 guys and they'll find him guilty. So Salesman says, fine, we'll just sit here and we'll play p And Piglet gets mad at him for joking. Mm-hmm bigot and immigrant start fighting because of course they do and eight just goes to the window and he just stands there for a second so there's this like kind of like this this break in the action this like moment of silence right right he calls for another vote eight does yes and he says i'll tell you what you 11 vote by secret ballot if they come back unanimous he'll let it go he'll say i'm not gonna hang us up we'll just go with it because he's he realizes too that they're probably right like if, if 12 other guys get this he's gonna get guilty anyway so mm-hmm. it's a mistrial isn't gonna matter or right. a, a hung jury if anyone votes not guilty they have to talk it out sure so they're like fine that works for us we'll, we're yeah, gonna be all,
1: all in agreement see what happens it do it does feel like a, like a like a, a moment like the second he's like okay we're doing another vote it's like a moment like <laughs> yes, there's something well, about now that. It's... it's like a okay we hit another like pause.
0: This mm-hmm. is a, this is like pivotal. It comes at exactly the thirty minute mark of the movie, probably too. So I think oh, that's, that's probably. I yeah. like it. Well, that's that's called screenwriting. That's right. So <laughs> that's um, good job. they agree. Mm-hmm. There's a shot of them passing the papers along. They all don't want to be like they're all trying to like put it on the top of the pile or the bottom of the pile so that nobody can tell. Oh yeah, sure. Which like, one is just, like
1: mix them up a little bit. <laughs>
0: they and they go through one by one. Until they get to the not guilty. And the foreman even stands up and is like, not guilty. So yep. it's ten to two. Bigot wants to know who it was. He immediately gets all pissed off. Of and course. he's like, all right, fine, tell me who was it. Who was it? Which one of you did it? Which, of course, is exactly the opposite of what they said they were trying to right. do. And immigrant juror 11 says it should remain a secret. Like, if the, if the gentleman wants it to be a secret, that's exactly. what we agreed to. And Angry Dad is like, I know who it was. I'll tell you right now who it was. And he starts pointing at Slum Guy. Yep. Because he's like, it had to be him that turned. Because he's saying all this stuff about somebody that So what, did you feel
1: emotional? And you feel like
0: connection? And like, it's like, all right, ass. Like... (laughs) So Slum Guy is like, you can't talk to me like that. Like, you're talking... You're a dick. Yes. And, And Broker's like, he's very excitable. Just let him go. And this is the first, like, outrageous anger that Angry Dad gets. Because he's like, we're listening to fairy tales with a box of scraps. (laughs) Oh, that would be a good one. Ooh. (laughs) Jeff Bridges? Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. (laughs) The old man is like, it wasn't him. It was me.
1: Oh my god, this zoom up shot of him, though. This is the weirdest shot. In the whole <laughs> I hate movie. it. He looks like a leprechaun. He looks like an <laughs> elf or something. <laughs> I'm so glad we thought the same thing. Why does he look like a fairy tale creature?
0: Yeah, I, I, I hate don't this zoom. It. I
1: hate this uh, zoom. I don't know if he doesn't know where to put his eyes because the camera's straight in his face, but he's like cross eyed and like. <laughs> it's right up in there.
0: Right up in there. <laughs> so he says he isn't sure if he's guilty or not, but he wants to support this man because we haven't convinced him yet. And if we haven't convinced him yet, we can't really go back and say he's guilty because we have to hear more. Right, we have it's to not fair. Him. Our job is to convince him.
1: hmm
0: The salesman is like, fuck this. And he walks into <laughs> the bathroom. Yes. And old man gets angry. And he's like, hey, I'm talking here. And eight says another great line. A great line. He can't hear you, and he never will. Isn't that
1: sad? It... <laughs> that is a sad line. That's a great line. It's so, it's so great, but it's sad.
0: <laughs> so the foreman is like, "All right, you know what? Let's take a break." They go to a word for for their fake sponsor. That's right. And the the thing with the old man was unexpected. The ad exec says he's mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, hey, we're like really hung up here." So the ad start the ad exec talks about like random crap now we find out that the immigrant is a watchmaker mm-hmm. angry tries to apologize to slum guy slum guy just walks past and i made note of this and i told dad i was going to mention this when we recorded because dad goes
1: okay i'm excited we get dad's thoughts on this one da- dad goes tell
0: him the fuck off <laughs>
1: mean honestly though his silence is saying fuck off so yes oh, yeah, you are correct
0: <laughs> it's the 19 it's the 1957 equivalent of telling him to fuck in off in real life you he would have turned to him and said fuck off <laughs> i couldn't tell now if cuz eight goes into the bathroom now with salesman and i wasn't sure if he's trying to bridge some, build a bridge here between him and and salesman
1: yeah maybe a little maybe yeah, a little something oh. He probably also could use a break. You know, everybody kind of just needs a break. and But I think you're right. I think when he sees him and tries to, like, talk to him, it, then he is trying to, like, build a bridge a little bit.
0: Yeah. Uh, salesman talks about being a salesman. He We find out that number A is an architect, but I like salesman better. He tells Juror 8 that he has a, he has the soft sales pitch down. But that's not how he does it. He does jokes and tricks and stuff. He lies here. Uh-oh. He has to lie. Uh-oh. Because he says he sold twenty seven thousand dollars worth of marmalade. That's the equivalent of like two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something. <laughs> oh my god! In today's money. Good lord, that's a lot There's of marmalade. There's no way that he made that much money. Now I wondered if that's what the revenue was, and he made commission on oh, that, which is maybe,
1: possible. Maybe, yeah. But that's
0: still a lot of marmalade. A lot
1: of marmalade. Yeah,
0: you know, they could be selling it to stores and stuff, though. To yeah, maybe, maybe. Resale. So maybe he made commission. On Maybe. that amount of money, <laughs> he oh, tells. Oh, I have eight, a thing.
1: Hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. Hold on. Okay, this bathroom. Apologies. This bathroom
0: weird. It's a gigantic bathroom. It's a gigantic
1: isn't it? bathroom, right? So there's like multiple stalls in this thing. Mm-hmm. Why do they all stand on the side of the sink when they use the sink? Is it just because of like the shot? Like I, I think I, I think it's just it's because of the shot. Gotta but... be just
0: because of the shot. Or is that like a gotta... thing?
1: Like you stand on the side of the sink because you don't want it to splash you. Like. Hmm. And then, Fo- and then. Folks at home from
0: 1957, please let us know.
1: And then, this towel is.
0: Gross. Yes! This towel is disgusting. Go ahead. Go ahead. It,
1: like, you pull it, and it, the other side goes back into the machine, and he puts his face on it. <laughs> and so I'm like,
0: oh. Oh, I almost choked on my own, like, Adam's apple. Hang on.
1: <laughs> but it's like they're all wiping their hands on this weird towel that you pull it, it goes in, back into the machine. And it's like that's a public restroom, and you just put your face on that.
0: Okay, I'm. I I, just had to. I had
1: to talk about it for a second.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I appreciate that observation, Rachel. I truly do, because yeah, I I didn't I I didn't notice that until this this viewing. Where I was like, (laughs) is this is this this paper just go back into this machine?
1: (laughs) I think it's literally cloth.
0: Yes, probably. And I think that's so gross. It's it's disgusting. (laughs) Absolutely disgusting. It's the it's the (sighs) grossest thing in the entire movie. Yeah. Uh, Salesman says that the do-gooders are all alike. They're just wasting everybody's time. Why don't you just donate some money to the cause? Painter walks in. Yes. And painter says, you know, I think he's guilty for sure, but I don't mind because it beats working. Because he he works with his hands. He's a painter. Mm -hmm. He's you know, and and he says like, I really think he's guilty. Do you think he's like? What makes you think he's not guilty? And he says, well, I just think it's possible he's not guilty. Right. And Painter says, I don't think you've ever been wrong in your life. And I like this moment. Because Painter says, suppose you talk us all out of it. And he did do it. And he walks back into the room. And it makes, you know, it gives Aid a moment to pause here. It does. I, I I like that. Because up until this entire point, and quite frankly for most in the entire movie... You're under the uh, assumption that Henry Fonda is right. Yes, but I you like I assume like this...
1: this. It makes you question it.
0: Yeah, and I like the idea too because, spoiler alert, he's you know they find him not guilty, but there's still the possibility that they're wrong. Right. As, and I like that painter kind of makes him confront it a little bit of like, what if you're wrong? What if you convince us all and we end up letting. We, we don't do the ju- justice here
1: right you don't do the legal part of it now now if we don't know the whole story about this kid right and everything we don't know if he would if it's if it would if he did kill his dad right and he did hit a, a breaking point and he killed his dad because he was being beaten and he probably beat his mom too when she was alive and all of that kind of crap right we don't, we, it, it, technically, he <laughs> probably wouldn't go out and just murder everybody then. But, because that was probably just, like, that moment. <laughs> well, it doesn't, but that, but, but that that. doesn't matter. I know. I'm just saying. It doesn't matter if he's,
0: if, if that mattered, then, like, there would be no, like, gang members. Because it's like, well, they're only a threat to each other, so just fuck it. <laughs> it's like, well, it's
1: like all those motivational type things. It's like the motivation and all of that kind of stuff behind it, right? But...
0: Right, yeah. Right,
1: so he's guilty, but he gets off for this. Like, he might turn his life around. He might not. He might turn his life around. My guess is it's more of a... We don't know.
0: Yeah, he he probably gets arrested for something else or something. Yeah, like, But that's not the job. That's not the job.
1: You're right. You're right. But it just makes you think about the whole story. I always want to know the whole story. I'm always more interested. (laughs) I'm the painter, damn it. I want to know everything. yeah.
0: yeah. Eight tries to bring up the idea of the train. And he notices that ad guy and Angry Dad are playing tic-tac-toe. Oh, and my God. And a group God. of them that are ignoring him. So, so he gets rude. mad and and he takes the paper away. And then Angry Dad gets mad at that. Right. They talk about how it takes 10 to 12 seconds for a train to get past any given spot, like past a apartment. He walks around the table, 8 does, talking about how the train takes 10 or 12 seconds. He's asking different guys, you know, does that make sense? Does that sound right? Right. He's doing it right Try between Trying to understand broker, the math of it. Yeah, he's doing it right between Broker and Angry Dad, and (laughs) Lee Cobb has this, like, look of contempt on his face that's really funny. (laughs) The train goes by, you can't hear anything, which is true to this day. If you live by a train station and the train goes by, you can't hear anything. Yeah, they're so loud. Old man says he heard the fight upstairs and a thump, while the woman across the street saw it as the train passed by. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the train had to be roaring while the body hit the floor. How did he hear it? Right. And they say, like, well, you're... I, I can't remember who says it. I think maybe it's Angry Dad. It might be something or... or I think it's, like, something around the, the idea of, like, Angry Dad says, like, well, you're talking about a matter of seconds. Like, how could... Nobody can be that accurate. Right. And they just, like, let it pause Cause it's like, exactly. Yeah, that's the point.
1: Exactly. That is the point. I loved that moment. Cause it was like a heavy, like, Oh, wait, you just, <laughs> you just said the point.
0: <laughs> the old man wants to say something about the old man witness. Mm-hmm. So uh, juror number nine wants to say something about the old man witness. Yes. The angry dad doesn't want to talk about it. Painter gets mad at him. Tells him he'll knock him out. If he talks bad to an old man again, and they ask why the old man might have lied. Jer 9 goes into this soliloquy. He does the weird about... sh- close-up again. Yeah, there's a weird close-up again, but they, it zooms we... in on him again to make yes. him feel claustrophobic. And uh, it talks about how he had a torn jacket. This guy probably never mattered. He can't walk. He's dragging his leg. Right. Nobody cares about this guy, so this might be the only time that somebody actually listens to yeah, him. Yeah,
1: he wants attention. He wants somebody to pay attention to him.
0: They're like, okay, but that doesn't mean that he lied. It's like, well, I don't think he tried to lie. He just wanted to do something important. Yeah, he wanted to be a part of the moment. Mm-hmm. And he may have... Maybe he did hear somebody running down the stairs, but... He doesn't know who it was running down the stairs. Right. Yeah. Bigot says, well, what do you know about it? And he just kind of shakes his head. Because I, I couldn't <laughs> tell if old man was like shaking his head because he's old and he was like...
1: I feel for it, him. It, it I flustered. understand.
0: Yeah. Or was it because yeah exactly like yeah or does he understand or yeah exactly piglet goes to get cough drops because it's the 50s and in 50s cough drops were just candy candy
1: it's like a tic-tac here's a (laughs) tic-tac
0: oh you want a cough drop poo so eight says sure we'd go back to it so suppose he did hear it why does saying i'm gonna kill you mean anything and they're all like, you know, people say I'm going to kill you all the time. I tell Rachel I'm going to kill her all the time. I don't oh my know what god! You're saying.
1: Yeah, constantly.
0: Piglet says he kind of agrees because he yelled at a coworker and called him an idiot or something. He didn't mean it.
1: I can't picture Piglet yelling.
0: Yelling at anybody? Yeah. yeah like no. he must I don't have, have been, been
1: mad. Like they. Yeah. They must have. Hit me. He must have like snapped. To be <laughs> angry, like I just can't see him yelling at somebody. <laughs>
0: Well, no, because he's piglet. He's so
1: mousey. Well, he's more rabby or piglety, piglety,
0: piglet. He's more piglet. of a pig. <laughs> a great line here because bigot says he don't even speak English good, and immigrant corrects him and says doesn't.
1: He actually <laughs> did, should have said like doesn't
0: that. doesn't speak English well. well. Like he. Oh no, because he says he doesn't speak good English. So right. I guess that is the right yeah. use of the word good. Yeah. He don't
1: speak At good this English.
0: At <laughs> point, Slum changes his vote to not guilty. Right. And he says the lawyer probably didn't help much because he's a public defender. He doesn't give a shit like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Salesman wants out, but immigrant made notes. So the immigrant wants to talk about some things. He goes over the timeline of the cops arresting him. And actually, mom and dad were like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Like, they were almost, like, engrossed <laughs> in it at this point.
1: It's kind of hard not to be, though.
0: It's a Cause very Because you kind of feel like you're movie. a part
1: of it. So now you yeah. want to know the facts,
0: too. You want to yeah, understand
1: you, what the timeline is. and
0: You really do start to become, like, into it. Even the small moments. You're, yes. like, waiting for what's going to happen next. So he goes over the timeline, and he says the cops arrested him. Why did he come back? Why would he have come back to the house or the apartment?" Wouldn't he have be, been afraid to get caught? And the exec says, well, he wanted to get the knife. The broker says he had to get it before the police came. But why would he have left the knife? Mm-hmm. And, and they're trying to convince him that, like, well, he was in a panic. So he left the knife because he was in a panic. But Immigrant points out, like, there were no fingerprints right, on so, the knife. So he was calm enough. This is actually the this best is very evidence, Very interesting. Yes. Because he's like, he was calm enough. To wipe the blade down. Right. But he was in a panic enough to leave it? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And they're like, well, wait a minute. You were... I like this part, too, because this is obviously good for these times, too. Because somebody says, well, wait a minute. Why are you asking these kind of questions? You voted guilty. And the immigrant guy says, I don't have to be loyal to one side or the other.
1: Exactly. I'm trying
0: to figure out the facts. I'm asking the questions. I'm asking you, what are the facts here? What is the right real thing now
1: it's so interesting
0: some people hide behind saying that and they'll say like i'm just asking questions but they're really and like they just gaslighting. want to play devil's
1: advocate and they're trying to they're dog whistling
0: or they're or they're gaslighting yeah. trying to get but if it done correctly you can you ask should those be questions. asking questions yes yeah you shouldn't be asking questions to sir up people you should be saying what are the facts now the facts don't aren't bring on Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless and have them debate each other. The facts should be okay. We can do. We all agree on this. Okay, let's move on. Right. Sometimes it's hard to get people to agree that the sky is blue, and then you're never going to get past there. Right. Uh, They try to tell him like, well, maybe the body wouldn't have been discovered until the next day, Mm -hmm. and the immigrants like, well, that's that's the whole point though. Like, why would you go back if it wasn't going to be discovered? You could have waited. Right. Or you could, like, you could, you know what I mean?
1: Mm-hmm. So he could have gotten away. Like,
0: well, the woman he saw left. And, sc- and screamed, but they're like, well, if the boy heard a scream though, then he knew that somebody saw it.
1: Right. And, and the like, train well, was didn't... going by.
0: Yeah. Maybe they, maybe he didn't hear the scream though. So they're like, well, did the old man see it or not? <laughs> like he says he did. And they're like, oh, well, witnesses can make mistakes. Witnesses make mis-. And Bigot says, well, mit- witnesses make mistakes when you want them to. They're like, well, we're we're forgetting all the important stuff. Eight calls for another vote, so we get another vote here. They gather them up again, and Piglet's like, well, it only takes a second to vote. Immigrant changes to not guilty. Mm-hmm. I thought a good zoom in on him because while they're while they're doing the vote, it kind of zooms in on immigrant, on juror eleven. Yeah, because because it, it like is like supposed to be like I'm thinking about it.
1: Right. You can you can see the switch. Like.
0: Yeah, and I and I and I'm convinced now that there's reasonable doubt. mm Hmm. And they ask him to tell him why y- you changed your vote. And he's like, I-, I have reasonable doubt now. I have, I have reasonable I, doubt I, I feel mind. doubt, yeah. Yeah, I, it's not beyond reasonable doubt. Angry Dad tries to use the knife to be like, this was the knife. This is the knife that he threw it, put in him. <laughs> but and they're like, that's not the knife.
1: <laughs> because the actual knife was given back to the bailiff. Right,
0: they gave it back to the bailiff.
1: <laughs> and again, there was like a a, a heavy pause. And he's like, Ugh.
0: So they're talking a little bit again and salesman says, well, remember the old man says that he ran to the door and you saw him mm-hmm. and slum guy's like, wait, say that again. Kind of. Cause he's like, you said he ran to the door. Right. And he's like, yeah, he's well, he's said he said he went to the door and they're all kind of like, well, wait, did he say ran to the door? Cause then they're all kind of figuring out where he this went going. to
1: the door. <laughs> yeah.
0: And they're like, no, no, no. He said he ran to the door. Slum guy starts to think and eight says, well, we need to, we need a diagram of the apartment
1: which is so interesting. I didn't even think about like how, we're like having a diagram of the apartment. That must be something in evidence then.
0: Yeah, that it's in evidence cuz then they can like bring it in. Right. right? So, they want to see if they can get to the front door in 15 seconds and they try to figure out how long that is and the you know, and again, he he baits angry dad into something cuz he's like, what if it what is what's the difference between 15 seconds and 20 seconds? It doesn't matter. He's an old man. <laughs> He was confused about everything. He can't get anything right. He's confused. How could he be
1: positive? How could he? Un- how could he know he was right? It's like,
0: oh, yeah, Rico was again. Like, again like, oh, you <laughs> kind of fell back into your own thing there. Hmm. I said it is like arguing with people nowadays, except they won't. Well, that's what he's doing. Get there. He's he's yeah, he's true.
1: saying it, and then he's going,
0: no, Shit. that's wrong. And then he has to come up that's with a wrong. new. Yeah. 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 He has to keep convincing himself that he's right. Yes. In every other way. Yeah. yeah. Eight goes, uh, over the details. They bring in a diagram. They go over it. And they decide to do a demonstration. And they at first say, well, why didn't the lawyer bring it up? And it's like, well, he didn't bring it up because it would be bad for the case Henry Fonda's like, no, he didn't bring it up because he would be badgering an old man. Right. And it would look bad to a, th- a jury. So he, why is he going to do that? Salesman says, what kind of a bum lawyer is he? And Henry Fonda's like, yeah, that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it says they, exactly. Keep, they, they keep kind of like getting there, yeah. So they set this whole thing up to see if they can do it in the same time that the old man says it took him to get to the staircase mm-hmm. where he saw the boy running down. Right, and Piglet gets to do the watch. They do the demonstration.
1: Right. Oh, I do the same thing as Piglet does at this moment too. I like made note of this. Well, I
0: have to wait for it to hit this. He's like Butters.
1: He like <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's kind he's of. He's Piglet, a... piglet but, but butters if he would are have been very younger. Similar. All right. Butters.
0: Yeah. It's kind of the same character. <laughs> Now I want. Wait. Now I just want a shot-for-shot <laughs> remake of Twelve Angry Men with all of <gasps> with the, the South Park kids. It have it they sort not done of that? Works.
1: Have they not done? I don't that. think I'm,
0: they have. You know, done I'm kind that. of Trey, surprised. man, I know you guys are listening. Can Seriously. you guys do a Twelve Angry Men spoof? Because that would act, you, they could actually Butters make is, it. Oh, they could make it for now times. Absolutely, Butters is mm. Piglet. Cartman is either Lee Cobb or Ed Bagley. Mm-hmm. It could be either or. You get token in there. Oh my god, yes. Stan, is, the girls could be in it too. Obviously, eight. Kyle is four. Like, because he 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 feels bad because oh, he's yeah, agreeing Stan with Cartman, and the Cartman's be. like, we can get him out of this, Kyle. <laughs> 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 we can we can stab him, Kyle. But then he
1: says something about him being an immigrant or something, and then he goes, "No, screw yeah. you!" <laughs> and then he like or, switches no, no, no. sides.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> oh, and then Kenny's the slums guy, obviously. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <And> then... <laughs>
0: Wendy's the foreman. Wendy's the
1: foreman!
0: Matt and Trey, come on. Please. I could (laughs) totally see this
1: working. (laughs) It's like just the courtroom Uh, kids thing. Like, you know, when you you have to do that in school. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was was the defense for uh, Jefferson Davis, (laughs) which is a lot harder than the prosecution, let me tell you.
1: Oh, my God. But anyways.
0: (laughs) So they do the demonstration. You actually see, I think, I think, I didn't look this up to see if it's this was real or not, but I think you see the camera in the shadows because they do this kind of neat shot oh. where they just follow Henry Fonda's feet. Right, because he's, he's, like do, he's doing the, the dragon foot. foot, yeah. But I think at one point you kind of see the camera in the shadows as it follows him. Oh, geez. Kind of funny. So they do it, and he, only, and he does it in 40 seconds or something like that. Right. So it's not nearly in the 15 seconds that they think it could be. So they're like, maybe he thought it was the boy. Maybe it was... The actual killer, but it, he didn't know who it was.
1: Right, you know, I didn't even think about that. Like, what if it like the kid wasn't even there, and it was like a different I, person? Well, that's the like... kid.
0: The kid doesn't says he's not there. He was at the movies. Oh, right,
1: he was at the movies. He did a double feature no. with his
0: friends. I think the problem is, is that it's like, who the hell else would have done done it? I, I I actually think he probably was guilty it's just impossible to prove beyond
1: was. reasonable doubt he probably did go
0: to the movies as an alibi it's like watching making a murder where it's like yeah maybe that guy did it but like did they really prove that beyond a reason you know oh you never watched that one you would you would just get angry if you watched that one i feel
1: like i watched some version of it maybe i didn't watch the one you guys watched though
0: i'm sure you've watched like some I watched some story
1: like on him. Yeah, yeah.
0: The, the the thing that put podcasts on the map was Serial, which is was all about this. Mm-hmm. what you know, witness saying we're we're witnesses bad and and all of that kind of thing. Right. Angry Dad is like, we're letting this guy slip through our fingers if we let him through. We, you know, he's guilty, and he's like, "Are you his executioner? You've been on this this entire time." I do love when he says. Are are you gonna flip the switch? And he's like, "You bet I would." And he's like, "You're are you this public avenger? You're this executioner." And he's like, "I'm one of them," which I thought was a good line too, because it's yeah. like he views the jury as being the twelve executioners,
1: right? Like he gets to be that person that gets to rule out
0: justice. Mm-hmm. And he calls him a sadist, and he says, "Angry Dad goes, I'll I'll kill him. I'll, I'll kill, kill him! him." Henry Fonda gets the last word again because he goes. You don't really mean that, do you? Which was his point earlier as well.
1: And then all he had to do was say, Oh yeah, and then just kill him and then he proved
0: <laughs> He just takes a Oh yeah. <laughs> I guess I have to do it now to prove my point. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna have to die of COVID because just to prove you wrong, I'm gonna get COVID and die. That's right. That's right. Some people did that. I know. Good for them. So the bailiff comes in and asks if everything is okay. And they're like, ah, yeah, just a little argument. And they're like, why are you so polite to the immigrant? The bigot asks the immigrant, why is he so polite? And the immigrant goes, the same reason you're not. It's how I was raised. raised."
1: Oh, it's so good. (laughs) So fucking good. It's so
0: good. Slap right there. (laughs) At this point, they are all incredibly sweaty, except for the broker. Because like you said, the broker. He says, I don't sweat
1: it's like what
0: yeah he says i don't sweat which is bizarre and very troubling um at the same time yeah right oh my gosh they share a quick laugh for a second the salesman's or the ad exec says something stupid or whatever so they're, they're they're like all trying to settle back down because the juror 11 immigrant guy is talking about how he's talking about the what i've talked about already about like this is a democracy, and it's a remarkable thing that we're doing here. We can't fight; we have to work together. Right. Which is, we're just twelve random people that have to work together. Yep. It's a it's a remarkable thing, and it truly is.
1: I mean, if you think about it, you actually pull back and you think about it. It's like, oh yeah, that's actually kind of an interesting uh, thought.
0: I mean, the the again, the the problem is is that people aren't educated enough or thoughtful. But it, it's it's a it's a weird ass thing. It is to do. It is. <laughs> it really is. They decide to do another vote while the storm starts. So the storm, a storm starts. They all kind of like, kind of go to close the windows and stuff. Mm-hmm. It starts to get dark in there.
1: I know. Yeah.
0: Which I like too. Yeah. Because yes, like, it's the like, changes uh, and everything. It's getting. It's literally getting darker.
1: It's getting darker, and because like the storm is brewing, and it's
0: like get like hitting a point now. It's like. Mm-hmm. So they decide to do another vote. Piglet changes his vote. Yes. And the painter changes his vote. Mm-hmm. So now they're stuck at six to six. And they're saying, well, you can skew facts however you want. They, You keep coming up with this and you keep skewing facts. And it's like, yeah, that's the point, guys. Like, you we're trying to figure out what like... is fact. Yeah. Right. But again, again, this is painter's point, though, too, of like, you have to take all of the these things to build the picture,
1: right? You can't just look but, at one. Now you have right. to like kind of pull back and put them all together. But,
0: but to, like a to our point earlier about like, well, is he is he you know trying to say it's not guilty or guilty? It's like well, now that we're going over the facts again, it's more likely that he's not guilty, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's beyond reasonable doubt or, or not beyond reasonable doubt, right? I like that. I liked the way that they did this. Juror poll as well because they go one by one, so you get a
1: yeah. You have the close, up, close up of the up. person, and then you get to find out what they're gonna say.
0: Mhm, mhm. Some of them are dragging on the cigarettes. They all are sweaty as shit. Yes, it's dramatic. Salesman and Piglet go by the window, and he asks him why he changed. The salesman asks Piglet why he changed, mm-hmm. and he's like, I-, "I have reasonable doubt now." The, the bigot guy yells at him, and he call, Piglet calls him a loudmouth, which is probably the, the Piglet equivalent of calling him a, a douchebag or something. Right. <laughs> and the storm starts to come in. This was weird, and I didn't understand what this was supposed to be other than getting a little bit more of Foreman's personality, because mm-hmm. you just don't get a lot of it in this. Right, yeah, he's very quiet. Where Foreman and Eight have this moment talking about the rain and like him being, we find out he's a high school football coach. Right. I didn't quite understand it, but I guess it's supposed to be like,
1: he's a leader. He's a leader. It's, it's showing actually like his, his role as being a leader and keeping a team together and having them work together. That's kind of his role as the foreman and that's actually like it's paralleling his what he does in the world <laughs> mm-hmm. and inside this room. And I feel okay. like he I, at one point I felt like when he was getting mad and telling the other guy, "Why didn't you do it then?" I feel like he's thinking he's failing at actually being that role. So that's yeah. probably why he's being quiet too.
0: Yeah. Okay, I'll 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 give you that. That's I like, mean that's just... my
1: interpretation.
0: <laughs> no, that's good cuz I didn't have one really. Like I, I couldn't I was like, why are, why is this included other than to give...
1: Well, because um, he even gives... I, I just I, I just saw this. He even gives a... When he's like... And it, it, it was down to seven to six. And it was like, that's very mm. similar to the numbers in this room. You know, like...
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he could have said six to six, but it might have been too obvious or something. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you're thinking like he's paralleling the game. The game with... and the team okay. and
1: what's they're they're going for the win type of thing like
0: (laughs) all right gives it a little bit of depth there you go shelf life i tried (laughs) that's what we do was that real or not i don't know salesman starts throwing paper into the fan because he gets the fan to work it happened to be on the same thing as like the switch yeah, yeah yeah he starts throwing like paper into it and like it's like blowing out of the fan when he throws it in Cause they're they're all just sitting there a little bit dejected, like now that they're stuck six to six, like what now? What are they gonna do? Right, they're just like frustrated now. One of the pieces of paper ends up hitting the old man yes. in the head, and the and I like that. I like the old man's reaction. He just goes, "That's a damn stupid thing to do." I know. Yeah. <laughs> Broker and angry dad talk a little bit. Everybody's just so angry at this point. They're just so frustrated. So angry and mad. Well, because they've been in there. They're hot as balls. Oh, yeah. You know, you have to wear a suit because they're wearing a suit. Yes. And and if anyone out there has worn a suit and a hot day and a tie, God. (laughs) Awful. It's awful. Like, thank God we live in a society where everyone looks like a fucking slob (laughs) because that would have just been terrible. (laughs) Broker and Angry Dad are talking. He says, you know, when that tall guy tried to bait me in, that didn't count. And Broker says, well, he did an excellent job. Yes. I love how, like, undercut the juror number four will be, the mm-hmm. Broker, of just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he got you on that one, didn't he? Right. <laughs> Bigot comes back in because he was, he was taking a, an angry shit. And of he course. wants to declare a hung jury. And they're all like, some of them are like, I don't think the judge is going to go for that because we've been in here for like three hours. Like, we're not going to be able to just say the jury's hung. Like, I think you have to get to a really, like, you have to talk it out before they can say it's a hung jury. I would hope anyway. Yeah. And they're kind of like, do you maybe not fully understand reasonable doubt? I think the immigrant says the salesman like, or somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, really? You're going to tell me about this? Bigot and salesman are kind of saying this back and forth to each other. Like, they come over here, they're running for their life. Oh, salesman says this. So he's got a bias against whatever we're supposed to put into the place of the defendant. Right. Which is uh, analogous, of course. I think it's supposed to be almost like Italian
1: or something. I I think maybe. It's hard to tell. Like,
0: like that would have fit the times, but it could be Puerto Rican. Oh my god, it could be
1: anything.
0: Black, poor, Jewish anything it it wouldn't matter yeah yeah. it could literally be anything that's the point so so that's what keeps it asian
1: literally anything uh, yeah it it keeps it ambiguous so that
0: like you could just kind of put your own could use it use it anytime yeah it 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 puts it in your own head right for your own bias Mm -hmm. and he's like they come over here running for their life and they tell us how to run the show and then bigot of course like agrees with that eight wants to go over something I put an interesting camera on Broker, but with eight, it's behind Broker, and he's like smoking.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: Henry Fonda is got like a leg on the chair, and he's like so. It's it's framed very interestingly. Oh, it looks yeah. like a Twilight Zone shot. It does. I, look I don't think a
1: Twilight Zone really... shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't yeah. it? Like, yes. I don't think you
0: would do this nowadays, but it looks like something we would have seen in a Twilight Zone episode.
1: Yeah, I feel like they use this. I feel like somebody did use this in a movie I watched that. Is newer, recent, like like something more recent, and it was yeah. so with that that dramatic. It was supposed to be super dramatic mm-hmm. with like that zoom mm-hmm. in and like the way everything was like stacked.
0: Mm-hmm. So I,
1: I I I think it's only used very minimally if an, yeah. at all. Yeah, nowadays. No, I agree. Wonder why? I don't know.
0: <laughs> they start going over the fact that he couldn't remember anything about the movies that he was supposed to go see. And Henry Fonda brings up the point that, well, they questioned him in the kitchen while the dad's body was in the other room, and he was able to name them in court and name all the stuff in court. And Broker's like, well, yeah, he was able to in court because he had three months, which is a very fast time for a murder trial. right? But he had that time to be able to remember what he went and saw. Right. Kind of sit and mull it over. Now, I would have assumed that they could prove that as well of like what was showing that night two right kind of you know so that might have been a bit, bit of better henry fonda then kind of goes like okay well let me go back with you a few nights and see if you can remember everything Yeah, can you, you remember
1: did. all the details of your own life
0: mm-hmm. no so i he, cannot He goes back i can't <laughs> most of the time i can't remember what i had for dinner the, the previous i'm night. like wait what
1: did i do this morning
0: <laughs> the, the guys took me to a victory lunch for a fantasy football thing the other day at work yeah and they were like, well, you have to go somewhere where it can be expensive because like you have to, you know, it's you. So I was like, well, we'll go to like the steak place because there's like other stuff there. And one of them, because and I was like, I didn't eat breakfast this morning. And they were like, well, what did you eat for dinner last night? And I was like, I don't remember. <laughs> I literally was like, I don't remember.
1: I feel like I do that all the time. Anytime we want to eat something, I'm just like, what did we have the past like couple of days? <laughs>
0: Anyways. Anyway. Oh, did that right on time. So they they go back and forth about this and he can't remember the details yeah, and he he, star- de- he starts
1: getting a little bit more like he gets ooh. some
0: of the details wrong and he actually sweats a little bit.
1: Yes. well, he starts getting oh. nervous and I would think that he's getting it wrong more
0: right right well and that's his point too of like you're under duress a little bit, you're starting to sweat. That's when you got something wrong because you were like, you had the focus on you. It's
1: like, oh wait, yeah, that's, that's right.
0: And I like, I like that they set up that he never sweats and that he started sweating here.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Bigot asked for a cough drop and Piglet is like, they're all gone. I loved that. Good job, Piglet.
1: (laughs) Stick it to him.
0: (laughs) So if Piglet is Piglet and then Eeyore would be juror number five, I feel like. And then we've got juror number eight has to be Pooh the foreman is owl probably oh
1: rabbit's angry man
0: oh yeah probably oh yeah, yeah. no foreman I don't, know I don't think
1: would be owl owl would be four
0: that's possible or rabbit could be four oh, folks at home figure true. this out for us please tigger is hundred acre woods right? you said man.
1: tigger's the salesman.
0: tigger's salesman he could also be ad exec but salesman works out pretty well yeah. for tigger i think or Who's
1: or or madman he could also be madman
0: <laughs> he could he could be madman yeah Half uh, a lump like a, or a woozle or
1: a gopher. <laughs> oh, I forgot about gopher.
0: Well, that that's because that's from the cartoon that we watched growing up. That's he, true. He, I don't think he's in like he's a lot. He's not an of, original. Yeah,
1: yeah but yeah. no, gopher could hundred percent be bigot.
0: Yeah, and and ruse on trial. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> All right, okay. Whoa! So, anyway.
1: <laughs> what the hell happened in the Hundred Acre Woods? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did a South Park and uh, <laughs> Winnie the Pooh riff. So now he admits that he's wrong. We go. We continue to go. We decide to go over the knife again and the stabbing motion, because somebody brings up. It might be Piglet brings up that it's weird that he stabbed down yes. when he's short.
1: Yes. Yeah. He wanted to talk about the knife. I found this. I, this was an interesting thought. I did like this.
0: Yeah. So this was he's a really like, well, good
1: conversation. He...
0: <laughs> Very good, very good. That was a very good conversation about the knife. So they're like, he's 5'7", the dad was 6'2", and Angry Dad's like, no, 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 I'll I'll show you. I'll show you why you would do that. He stands up there. He takes the knife. It's tense because I guess they think that angry dad's actually going to stab eight.
1: Yeah. I don't know why.
0: Like, yeah. Why would he do that? Yeah, He's but not going to do that. I don't know why he needs to have the knife out to show him this either. No, like a pen so or like... something would have worked, you know? <laughs> so he show- he shows him it. And it's like, yeah, it's probable he would have done this. But then slum guy comes out and he's like, no, 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 no. This no. is a switchblade. You don't hold it like that. You're trying to do this so that it's quick. And he's like, I hate them. Like, you know, we had to grew up with these where I lived. Right. Think about outsiders, like,
1: people.
0: Yeah. So he's like, you don't do that. Yeah, it's just outsiders. It really is. <laughs> okay, so outsiders, you got Pony Ponyboy. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ponyboy's number four. Okay. So anyway. Um, oh, no. Slum Guy shows that you, d- you don't do that with a Switchblade. You go up right. with a Switchblade because you want it to be quick and you go up because otherwise it defeats the purpose because you switch your hands right. to make it go down. Salesman says, I'm getting sick of this. I want to go home. I'm changing my vote.
1: Yeah, he's just like done. Do you think he's just changing it because he's fed up? Or do you think he was convinced and he didn't want to admit to being convinced?
0: To being wrong?
1: Yes. um, It's possible. Because I, I had that thought kind of go through a little bit. I was like, wait, is he actually like that? Or is was he convinced of reasonable doubt? And now he's like, well, I'm not going to admit I... it though.
0: It's it's possible. I'd like to believe that. I, I just don't know. I feel like they're I feel like they're showing him as not having that. Like angry dad gets mad at him. He's like, that's not an answer. You can't just switch without like saying. True. Why you can't or or, or not not switch without saying why you, It's just you can't switch saying I'm sick of being here, and juror eleven the immigrant guy is like no he, angry dad is right. Like all of us have at least said. We have reasonable doubt now. You can't just say I want to leave and I want to go to the ball game. Mm-hmm. It's raining anyway. So, the thing that makes your theory possible mm-hmm. is that it's raining. Right. The game's going to be postponed. So he doesn't have this thing to go to anymore. Right. So I, I do wonder. I I, I didn't get that. I'd have to watch it again to, to like, kind of like watch his like mannerisms and stuff to see and his, see his what mannerisms. I'll say this because when I was looking for background stuff on it, I saw the 1997 version. Okay. They do this exact same scene in the 1997 version. It's Tony Danza and Edward James Almost. Oh, okay. The ending of that sequence, he's got the tickets on the table. And Edward James Almost puts his finger on the tickets and he slides them back to Tony Danza. Almost like, fine, I'm convinced now.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: Yeah, I... <sighs> But that but might don't be do their that...
1: interpretation of this movie, you know. Right. So it, it's hard to say if they're in the right, and that's exactly what it was, or was that just their interpretation of that character as well? Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm just thinking it's in, it's an interesting thought to think like, okay, is he actually just like whatever? I don't care anymore, or I'm not gonna admit that I could be wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> But, but he, he says, like, I don't have to admit it. I, I I don't think he's guilty. And 8 says, okay, let's do another vote. Right. More votes. Now f- <laughs> the foreman and the ad exec turn. Mm-hmm. So now just Bigot, Broker, and Angry Dad are saying guilty. Right. At this point, Bigot has an outburst.
1: Yes. Ed Begley gets Ooh, to he has haw, an outburst. chew
0: on the fucking scenery. Oh, my God. He goes on this racist rant, or bigoted rant, because we I... don't know what... It is. It's just a bigoted right. rant.
1: I hate, to, I hate to say I love this, but I love this. You'll see.
0: <laughs> okay, well, and it's because of... Again, I think this is where we're talking about, like, where if they're all supposed to represent different points of view of society, what happens is he starts talking about how all of these people are, are awful, and of course he's guilty, mm-hmm. and, you, you know, they're all drunks, and they're all losers, and all this stuff. As he says this, one by one, all of the other jurors get up turn their backs to him yes or or start to ignore stop him.
1: listening and it's panning out at the same time
0: yes to show like how alone he's becoming oh my god it's it's great cinematography it's like
1: beautiful it's fantastic shows. acting it's
0: very performative mm-hmm. very artistic of course it wouldn't you wouldn't do this in real life. You could see this on a stage. Honestly, if sure. you could,
1: if people could do this, it might stop some stuff happening.
0: It's fantastic. Oh my it really god, really is fantastic. And he starts to stumbling your point, yeah. too when he talks yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's what should be done because this is the don't give them an ear. They don't. Yeah, that's he, all they want. It's it's he doesn't want to listen. He just wants to shout right he just wants to have the attention on him he just wants to be better than, than everyone or, yes. or, or, or 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 say the most outrageous thing to be in charge or whatever
1: right but if you stand up and you turn away you ignore them, and you let him scream to the void his
0: ass out yeah it's let him scream into the void it relinquishes the power
1: yes and it's I loved this scene.
0: <laughs> and we have a, and, we, and, and, and your point, what you're saying, Rachel, is we shouldn't listen to these people. We shouldn't, we shouldn't make a fucking article eight times a day. When these people say something stupidly outrageous and the media runs with it and gives them more attention. Right. So then they do it again. And then it just keeps. And then they do it again. And it's just a circle. And then these podcasts come and then they do it and again. And we do it again. On the podcast. <laughs> seven is even ignoring him the salesman's even ignoring him yes Four broker is sitting at the table bigot says you gotta to listen to me and broker says i have listened now sit down and don't say anything else
1: so good it? <laughs> it's so he's good. like yeah i listened all right
0: <laughs> yeah i listened to you you have I'm nothing of, of value to say fuck off yep <laughs> this is another fuck off and they literally make him fuck off yes it's it's very again it's very um i mean at this point the top. yes
1: it's very over the top it's very now go sit in the corner like but he
0: gets up get and a timeout sits at a different table that was there apparently in the corner this is, this is your
1: little timeout station
0: <laughs> and he's ignored yeah and, and then and then the rest of them all come back to the table yep which is interesting they literally tell a bigot piece of shit fuck off and they decide to do this without him yes
1: And it's interesting though, because now the, now he's sitting in the corner, right? And if you watch, yes, he's been banished, but he doesn't act as if he's still right.
0: No, he knows he's wrong because he's been banished.
1: Yes. He has that guilt on his face and he's like just wallowing in like thinking now. Yes. Which is interesting.
0: Yeah, it is interesting. And he never, and Ed Begley never says another word in the movie either. He not, he, he shakes his head. No. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. So it's great. Prejudice obscures the truth, says Henry Fonda. He gets a little soliloquy here where he says no man can really, no jury can really declare somebody guilty unless they're sure. Mm -hmm. Which is true, which is why it really should be very, 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 very hard to actually call somebody not guilty or to call somebody guilty because of reasonable doubt and the burden of proof on the state.
1: You have to remember, too, the whole point is that they're innocent until proven guilty. And a lot of people go into it thinking, They're guilty until proven innocent.
0: Sure. Yep. Absolutely. Prejudice obscures the truth. We can't understand how you guys are so sure that he is guilty. So Broker says there's two reasons. The woman saw it across the street. She just, yeah, she described it as the knife coming, going down. So it was just, he did it the wrong way. So what? Broker's like to the ad guy, because apparently he's really easily swayed, is like, I don't understand how you're indecisive. The angry guy is like, you can throw out all the other evidence. (laughs) None of it matters. Except for the witnesses. And Adman changes his vote back to guilty. And they're like, why is this so personal for you, angry dad? Like, Mm -hmm. what is your... What's your beef here? So Broker takes off his glasses and starts rubbing his nose. He's like, well, let's get to seven. And if we can get to seven, we'll say, like, we're, you know, still kind of hung here or whatever. The old man then says... Starts and he interrupts him. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm interrupting you, but I'm going to talk. I'm going to interrupt you here because I think this is important. Right. And he said, the woman had the same marks on the side of her nose that the broker did now for a lot of people back in the day glasses were a pain in the ass to wear because do they still do a lot of them 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 have that yeah okay because like mine don't have that i never had that but that's
1: because i don't want them anymore
0: (laughs) i specifically look for the ones that don't have the little pads because they well like ad exec doesn't have the pads but I only wear mine, like, sometimes, and they don't have the pads, because, like, they're, they'd be terrible. I can't even wear my glasses, like, for a couple of days in a row, or, like, it really hurts my nose. Sure. But it marks up your nose, for those of you that don't wear glasses. Noses get permanent marks from just having glasses on all day. Right. They kind of are like, well, she had those marks, and if she got up from bed, and she looked out the window, would she have been wearing her glasses? Probably not, unless she went and grabbed the glasses. Right. And she came into court not wearing the glasses. Which means that she doesn't probably wear them all the time. All the time. But
1: if she has them on her face like that, then she probably needs them.
0: Right, right, because if she has them on enough that it puts the indentation in.
1: Exactly. So
0: because of this, Broker realizes... And and, you, and I love that you kind of, like, get to realize uh, it. Yes.
1: He has, like, like that he, epiphany. Like, he sits there realizing
0: minute. that he's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, is there anything else that could make those marks? And they're like, no. And so he's like, I was wrong. Bigot shakes his head and says he's not guilty. Right. Adman says he's not guilty. He has reasonable doubt now. Again. <laughs> and Piglet, because Angry Dad is like, But what about all the other evidence? Like, fine, that piece of evidence doesn't work. But what about all the other evidence? And Piglet's like, well, you said you can throw out all the other evidence.
1: Right. So again, foot in his mouth.
0: Now we're at 11 to 1 against Angry Dad. Yep. This is where I didn't like what Henry Fonda does, Rachel. Okay. I'm going to explain this. Because he says to him, he says to Angry Dad, you're alone. And they all sit there in silence almost to try to, like, pressure him. Yes. They didn't do that to you, Henry Fonda. They let you have your say or they they explained it to you. So it almost feels like I think Is it just because of like the decorum that he was using?
1: Potentially. I think it's also though that he realizes like, okay, you have proved yourself wrong multiple times. Mm. You've put your Mm -hmm. foot in your mouth multiple times and you're still saying guilty. Why?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like we've debunked all of this evidence. What else do you have?
1: Yes. So I think okay. that might be why. Now, I, right. I agree. It does feel very, like, peer pressure and it like I said, at times it does feel like he's do- he does that. And so it's kind of like they're all ganging up on this last guy. Yeah. But I think that's why. It's just because yeah. it's like you're not saying anything of su- substantial anymore. Everything you say is now flipping it. And, like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Are you sure that's really what you mean? You can say you're wrong. It's okay to be wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. I actually, you know, I think that actually helps me, too, what, what you said. Because I was, I was just like, man, what is, like, Henry Fonda, what are you doing? Like, but, but in that, the way that you framed it does keep it where these guys are like, we've went through everything. Mm-hmm. And after we went through everything, we think it's not guilty. As opposed to you, who... Didn't want to go through anything and we're like, no, we're all guilty. So yeah, I, that helps me keep okay. him as the number two hero on AFI's top 100 list.
1: <laughs> well, what do you want? I say he's guilty. You want to hear your arguments. I gave you my arguments. We're not convinced. You want to hear them again. We have as much time as it takes.
0: They want to hear his arguments. Angry Dad's argument. Angry Dad says, everything says he is guilty based on the courtroom. Everything that we heard. Take the stuff about the old man and all of this stuff and he starts going on a rant. Right. Now, technically... He's right about a little bit of something. They should not have been allowed to talk about the indentations in the witness's nose. That has nothing to do with what was presented in court. Right. That's That's an assumption that they're making. That's not evidence that was presented in court. Exactly. So again, that's probably something that would have caused this trial or something. Yeah. Actually, I, I saw this in the IMDb trivia, and I think I saw it somewhere else too, where. Sotomayor, one of the justices of the Supreme Court, said that this is a movie that she has always gone back to, and when she was like a circuit judge or whatever, she would tell the jury, don't use 12 Angry Men as an example of what to think about as evidence, because they use a lot of stuff that you shouldn't use as evidence. But for the purposes of the movie and the the story, and the purposes of negotiation conflict resolution yes. and team teamwork and all of that stuff it makes sense right so he starts to go on on a rant he's like i've got the notes right here and his, his wallet falls on the table because he's flustered and there's a picture of that picture of him and his son again right and they stare at him some more and he's like i'm not gonna be intimidated i'm entitled to my opinion i can do whatever i want
1: everything Every single thing that took place in that courtroom, but I mean everything, says he's guilty. What do you think, I'm an idiot or something? Why don't you take that stuff about the old man? The old man who lived there and heard everything. Or this business about the knife. What, of we found another one exactly like it. The old man saw him right there on the stairs. What's the difference how many seconds it was? Every single thing. The knife falling through a hole in his pocket. You can't prove he didn't get to the door. Sure, you can take all the time, hobble around the room, But you can't prove it! And what about this business of the L? And the movies? There's a phony deal if I ever heard one. I bet you $5,000 I'd remember the movies I saw. I'm telling you, everything that's going on has been twisted and turned. This business with the glasses? How do you know she didn't have them on? This woman testified in open court. And what about hearing the kid
0: yell, huh? I'm telling you, I've got all the facts here. He looks at the photo again, and he rips it up.
1: He rips it. It's kind of sad.
0: Of the photo of him and his son. Yeah. We get the point, and we we got the point at the beginning, but now, like, the point is shot, Homer, where he realizes he's using his kid as a conduit. He's using this kid as a conduit of his own kid. He's disappointed that he doesn't have this relationship with his own kid. And he cries into his hands, and he says, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. What an exciting jury room. (laughs) My jury room wasn't this exciting.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs)
0: Yeah, this would be, this would be so stressful to be in a, in a dream. (sighs) Now I do like that the 12 of them take it seriously, except for seven. Right. I do like that. They all take it, you know, they're taking it seriously, but.
1: Well, they weren't going to at first. I think they were all like, yeah, let's just get it done. And then they kind of were kind of convinced to take it seriously. That it's like, oh wait.
0: I was, I told everybody that I, you know, I talked to after the, that I went there, I was shocked At how everyone worked together in the jury that I served on. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely shocked. Because I just think of everyone as being stubborn and stuff. We all talked. We all worked together on it. It It was something that I didn't expect from 12 random people to be able to do it. So sometimes it works, maybe, and I know sometimes it doesn't. There's sure, a lot of sure, I could see jerseys. it where
1: it wouldn't work, but I, it's that's like an eye opener for you then, like to see like, hey, it actually, it's like such an interesting thing. I don't know,
0: if, I don't know if we were right, but it, but <laughs> no, it, it, but it's we like what we but, were supposed to,
1: right? You you did your your duty, and you actually worked together.
0: The foreman comes in and tells the bailiff that they're ready. They all gather their things. Eight stays back. Because Angry is just, like, upset on the table. He gives him his coat. Yes. Eight does. Yes. I feel like this was supposed to be like they made peace with each other. I think so. We, I don't want any hard feelings here between the two of us. It actually is kind of touching. that Because that, Angry Dad accepts it. Right. He, you know, lets him help him put it on. Right. Which is interesting, too. It fades from the jury table like we we like start going across the jury table with all the cigarette butts and ash and crap <laughs> the and notes that. and here you know what another thing is he left that I, the I'm just knife i about... think too <laughs> yeah i think he did leave the knife they're gonna be like what the hell is this uh, <laughs> that room has to stink, stink. like shit right Oh, God, yeah. Just man-ass and terrible 1950s cologne And smoke.
1: Galore. And then it's, oh, next- and it's- smoke. it connects to a bathroom where if someone was having stomach issues then it's gonna stink,
0: and it's going to stink. With then- that terrible used towel. Oh! oh yeah, that is... I. towels. Let's bottle that and just sell it as the 12 Angry Men scent, and it's just like a construction site mixed with fart, mixed with, <laughs> like, aftershave, mixed with And cigarette. a sewer? <laughs> god what a smell what a time to be alive <laughs> we cut to outside of the courthouse yeah the old man walks up to henry fonda and asks for his name and they exchange names davison mclean Mc, i can't remember the old man's name but they exchange names and i love that the old man just goes well so long and that's the end of oh the interaction because yes. that's it that should be the end of it you're done you're done with each other mccardle mccardle so they say so long, they, they go home, and, that's, and Henry yeah. Fonda walks down the stairs. You get a nice victory lap, as quoted by We Hate Movies, the victory lap of every one of the jurors. It goes 1 through that's 12. That's true, right. Through the jurors.
1: Yep. And uh, they kind of go off and back to their own lives, which is literally how it goes. But it, were, how it works, yeah. Because most of the time, you're not going to know another person
0: in your jury. No. Nor should you, probably. That would be oh. very weird if you did. Right. Like Because it is random, and you're like... Randomly selected, so that yeah. wouldn't feel weird.
1: Well, I think. Well, it, fun fact: uh when I was when I went, it was, the husband and wife were together. They both got called in at the oh. same. T- yeah,
0: that's very weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did they end up in the. Oh, the, the, I don't know. They probably never made it to a room. Yeah,
1: I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think they were on the grand. Like either of them were on the grand jury, but I don't know if they ever got into a.
0: I don't think or... they would let them be. Probably like they not. They probably be. would
1: notice the names and just call them separately. They might've put them in different categories because the way they did it, we each got a number. And so we yeah. were in that group. So they might've put them in separate groups. Gotcha.
0: Well, yeah. mom always likes to talk about when she went for jury duty, they asked her the questions and it was someone oh, that yeah. I, well, I, know your I don't kid. know you, but I know your son. Cause <laughs> like he's been to my band house. Band? Yeah.
1: And then the the judge is like, no, but how's Kevin? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. She said funny. it after the proceeding, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. And that's it. Victory lap. Very well deserved victory lap. And that's the end of 12 Angry Men. No real credits because it's 1957 and fuck that. But we had to get out of here. It's fine. <laughs> opening credits. that's true yeah well you have to show him twice so
1: true but we don't get a, we don't get to have an answer we don't know what happens to the kid we don't get any of that this well, is I mean, all they about the jury him that's what but happened. we don't know anything else like we don't know the whole story we sure. don't get to know the whole story we only get to know what happens with the jury i'm
0: guessing that he left town or he's is living in a slum i assume with, like, he's a with friend a, friend or a friend yeah, yeah. there might I be a, might, there might
1: be like distant relative I,
0: I bet that those attorneys were surprised though
1: oh i bet yeah. Cuz
0: they thought it was like an open and shut case and so the right. defense attorney. Didn't I even want think either. the judge
1: thought so. I think that's why he was bored cuz he's like
0: this is an open and shut. <laughs> the worst judge ever. <laughs> Rachel, it is, we have come to that time of the show where I will posit to you, does 12 angry men have shelf life?
1: Okay. So, I think it's a very well-made movie. I think I like it's a very it's like a very good movie, so it's like definitely watch it. And for me, because of how like it, it parallels it, it seems to like come into play like with a lot of different things in life I feel like it's it's interesting and you you watch it and you find something new and you can like like just I don't know I, I liked watching it it felt like a play it felt like I could watch it again see something different and for me it has shelf life it okay. does I, I I will I am putting it on my shelf
0: mm-hmm. yeah I <laughs> yeah this movie has shelf life it it's 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 a great movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some call it a masterpiece. Kind of is. It's so God. simple. It's it's so cinematic too, which is really interesting. Some people might not like it because it's oldie times. It's black and white. It doesn't have that slow pace like a lot of older right. movies do. It's incredibly engaging. The acting mm-hmm. is great. The movement of the camera is great yes we've we've told you like it, it still still fits Yes, yeah, it's modern fits. times it's gonna fit in times if you're listening to this way well into the future it's one of those you can't make a perfect movie because there's no such thing as a perfect movie but there are perfect movies where it's like you wouldn't change a thing about them 12 angry Man's a perfect movie yeah i don't know so, if that would
1: change really anything
0: this is on the shelf i don't own this i'm gonna Find it. Oh yeah, we're at gonna some find point. It. I'm gonna get that 4K because you know you need to see. I need to see them sweating in black and white. I want to see 4K. it drip down his
1: face. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, let me see that sweat. That close up like of to that see old the man. Sweaty men. Want to see the veins in his eyes. Sweat. <laughs> so yeah, if you have never seen this movie, we found it. It's usually on some streaming site yeah. at some point. If it's not on one that you're subscribing to, it might be one for free. It might be on Hoopla or like one of those library apps. Right. It, it might be on Pluto or Tubi or something. You should see Freebie
1: it. Freebie or whatever the heck. Because
0: <laughs> even even if even if you're of the mind of it's not on your shelf. I think I it's, think a, you, watch. it's, I think it's a watch. It's definitely a watch. I think got something for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Yes, shelf life for sure. I think you can go back and you can watch this. Maybe not constantly. Maybe no. not every year like Halloween was for right. us. Right. But I think it's something where you can go back and you can find different things about it every time, different jurors' faces, different little little lines that are in the background. Yeah, like or small something. nuances like that you'd yeah. find.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting talking to somebody else about it too, because they they might notice something different. We
0: had different opinions about exactly. it, different things, just
1: about the way that they talked. Right. And so it, it could be really interesting to, like, just to talk to somebody about it and see what their opinions are and, like, have a conversation. Yeah.
0: So, <laughs> folks, this, I mean, we, we were kind of on a roll here with uh, what we, we did two in a row. I mean, granted, one ended volume two, one started volume three of these, just, like, classic mm-hmm. movies. We might have to go. We got to go the opposite direction here. Uh, <laughs> I uh, think we Totally, did we have to go like we got to. We got to go away from a class. We all cl- maybe a classic, but like a classic for a different reason sure. or something. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe for next time. So it's yeah, okay. interesting. Rachel, anything else for the folks at home about Twelve Angry Men? Anything that we didn't cover? Anything that we need to cover? No, I, I feel like we. I feel like we did a. A full coverage of this one. I want a picture. I want that poster of either the Hundred Acre Woods gang That's right. or the South Park gang That's right. around that table. Let's go. Give me that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or I want to know who you'd put up there and let us know because I'm interested. Oh, for a remake? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want the remake, but I just want to know who you'd put there. Just want
0: to know who it would be. Juror sure. to juror. Juror to juror. Juror to Juror would be the the sequel.
1: (laughs) I feel like it would be. To 12
0: Angry Men, where he gets put on the grand jury.
1: (laughs) It's called Juror to Juror. Juror
0: to Juror. (laughs) So anyway, that was 12 Angry Men, directed by Sidney Lumet from 1957. Cross it off the list. It has shelf life. I have been Kevin. And I'm Rachel. And this is shelf life. We'll see you next time. I know the facts. We don't need to do it anymore. Listen. <laughs> Listen. I have. Now sit down and don't open your mouth again.